0: You guys have been uh, super busy, man. You guys have been all over the place the last couple months.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's been uh, quite the ride the last three, four months. So we'll get into it. (laughs) Yeah. (sighs) Am I too far away or am I close enough? You're good. Okay.
0: Those golf bags are sick that you guys have too. Yeah, they're pretty dope. I want to get uh I want to get a new custom bag so I can get like the podcast stitched on the stitched on it and I want to get the the charity information stitched on it. Um, I just haven't been able to find a golf bag company that can make them. Like it's like it's like I have to buy the bag and then I have to take the pocket off and then I have to go take it somewhere to have it stitched in. So
1: we can hook you up. You guys, <laughs> where did you get the bags from? We have our manufacturer that does them for us. Oh, that's I sick. just, well,
0: welcome back to another episode of the t High Podcast. Today, I am joined by Nick Lapp and Scott Hanks. <laughs> These are the founders of a company called Freedom Golf. It is a veteran owned and operated business making custom putters and custom wedges that are absolutely top of the line. Um, I have to say, I am sincerely fortunate that I now possess one of your guys's putters, um, couldn't be more excited about it, and I can't wait to get it out on the golf course. But welcome to the show, Nick and Scott. Thank you guys so much for coming on.
1: Yeah, thanks for having us thanks on, man. Us, man.
0: Um, so we we actually met um, for the first time face to face at the Tyrell Adams Foundation charity tournament in Atlanta at the end of June. Um, But tell me a little bit more about the business. Everybody that's going to listen to this, when did you guys start this company?
1: So. Scott and I, uh, we started it about, I want to say almost like two years ago. Um, we were, uh, I've known Scott since, uh, high school. He was a little older than me. Uh, we bartended together at this restaurant in our hometown together. Uh, we've just, he's been friends with like my cousins and, you know, his family, our family. So we go way back to like, you know, like probably two decades, but, uh, Scott sells life insurance and- I hit him up to get, you know, some life insurance stuff. And then we just started talking business and one thing led to another and we're both golfers. Uh, and I had a couple Scotty Cameron's that I was customizing like through Scotty Cameron's custom shop. And this is, again, this is like two years ago and, um, Scott and I are like, you know, tossing business ideas back and forth to each other to kind of, you know, see what we want to do. And, uh, the same guy, my buddy hit me up and was like, hey, your Scotty camera is super cool. I did it like American flag themed. And he's like, my dad's, you know, just got out or retired. So I want to buy it and give it to him. And I was like, okay, cool. No problem. Sold it to him. Week later, I get, you know, another Scotty in. I send it off. I get it customized, the whole thing. A couple of weeks after that, it comes back. I post, you know, just an Instagram picture, like, oh, you know, i got my new club. It's literally identical to the other one. And he's like, hey, my brother just graduated flight school. Can I buy that one too? And I was like, man, you're killing me, dude. Like these are, you know, these take like five, six weeks to get done. And I called Scott and told him this story. And he's like, I wonder how much it would be if we just made our own. And I was like, well, that's a pretty cool idea. So my background when I got out of the Marine Corps was I started, you know, doing small businesses, online companies or whatever, getting them started, uh, websites, the whole thing. And then I'd flip them and sell them, start another one and just do startups. And then I had one that I kind of held on to that was like merchandising. So we did you know, a bunch of stuff for, you know, YouTubers, bodybuilders, the whole thing for like t-shirts, hats, lanyards, all that stuff. So kind of played into that. But um, I sold all those businesses. And, you know, that's how Scott and I started talking about, you know, all this stuff again. But, you know, with his PGA background, going to the PGA school, I was like, hey, do you think this is viable? So we looked up some prices from one of the manufacturers that, you know, I had known from before. And, you know, we were like, Fuck it. Let's just order a hundred putters. You know what I mean? Like, let's do it. So that happened and we started the design process and we were like, Oh, what do we call it? What do we do with it? And the whole thing was, uh, like, you know, obviously myself being a veteran big on, you know, freedom, freedom to do whatever you want to do What it. You know, I don't care what it is. You know? Yeah. I went to a bunch of different deployments to, for you to be able to do whatever it is you want to do. I don't care. Uh, so we were like, let's just call it freedom putters, right? So we'll just make putters. And then it evolved where people were like, oh, can we, can we do gloves? Can we do bags? Can we do like, just create a whole golf store? And we didn't really want to put ourselves in the box of just putters. So then that's when we, but we already had the business stuff registered. So then we had to go back in and do a DBA for freedom of golf. So technically our business name is freedom putters, but our DBA is freedom golf. So now we have a whole golf, uh, Company where we do everything, but um, yeah, I mean putters and wedges are, are our go-to. We're not really going to do the irons and driver game, um, but we didn't get our first product in. It took us about, I don't know, a year. I think Scott to get the design in. Uh, we tested like three or four different materials, three or four different putters, um, uh, designs, grips. You know, you name it, and you know, we really took our time with it. We wanted to use the best materials that we could use. So I looked at all the big companies, they already did the re- you R and D for everything. Yeah. So I was like, you guys can spend the millions on R and D and I'll just kind of <laughs> piggyback on it. Um, so we use uh, stainless steel, uh, it's 303 stainless, uh, which is what all the Scotty Camerons are made out of. Uh, we have uh, a step shaft and a stepless shaft and then we have a, a 2.0 style grip that we put on it. But um, yeah, I mean, we just kind of modeled it after what everybody kind of likes and uses now. And then just focused on how do we give it to people affordably, but also with a cool design that's going to cater, you know, to people that are going to be able to buy it. So that's kind of how we started, but we didn't get our first product till was like March, Scott, of this year. I think, yeah, March of this year is when we got our first product like in hand on the website, ready to sell. So we've only been up and doing this, honestly, like a lot of design in the background, but like physical product, selling, shipping, going to events and stuff. I mean, we've only been doing it for what, four or five months, six months. I mean, at most. So the last three or four months has just been insane. But yeah, I mean, two years ago is when we kind of started this whole planning process. So.
0: That's insane. So Scott, tell me, man, like what kind of a ride is, has it, it sounds like it's been a little bit of a wild ride for you guys or it's not like you jumped into it not knowing anything and you were just kind of willy-nilly with it but it also seems like a lot of things have been happening over the last year or two that have just been kind of crunch time huh
2: yeah so I mean for us honestly for me and I can probably say for Nick it's been actually a lot of fun um so I have a background and I went to the PGA Golf Academy in South Carolina, got my degree out of there and, you know, able to build clubs, golf course maintenance operations, pretty much anything on a golf course side I can handle and also on the club repair side and club building. So one of my clubs that I have in my bag is a two hybrid that I actually built when I was at the Academy, which I'll probably always keep that in the bag just because that's, you know, the first club I ever built. Um, but going That's through so concept, cool. Yeah, I mean, but going through this process with them, it's been a lot of fun because there's been that trial and error and kind of learning, you know, the right material, you know, because there's a big difference from 303 to the 304 stainless steel, you know, do you get American stainless, Japanese stainless, German stainless. So like there's all these different sources, but at the end of the day, for us, we knew there was one mission and kind of one core concept, which was create the highest quality of product using the highest quality materials out there, but putting at a price point that people can actually afford. Um, and I think that even, you know, with our golf bags, putters, wedges, you know, we have everything to where it is just as good as the big box stores has the same quality, but we're a third of the cost. And that's, you know, our main thing. Cause I think that's how you really grow the game is getting quality materials and quality products in somebody's hand, you know, versus a space age, aluminum putter that they don't even feel the head on. Well, no doubt that that nine year old is not going to be able to putt very well. You can't, there's no feedback, yeah. you know? So, and then we did some interesting, you know, little features on the putter that actually make it more user friendly. So it is designed, you know, I'm sure you saw, I was watching your, um, putting competition thing that you're doing on that putting mat, Yeah. So I saw that you're a little toe up when you putt, but the way that the bottom of that putter is set up is it it sets up to allow that to happen. And also for the putter to sit square versus a rounded bottom that it's going to want to roll and rock around in your hand. Yeah. So just one of the little trade things that we incorporated into it to make us a little bit different. Then say a Scotty Cameron, you know, while we use that as a template, it's not identical in its design. There are some features. Yeah.
0: I noticed that too. Cause there it's, it's good that you brought that up because there are different styles of putting for different people. Like some people like to have the toe up. Some people like to have the toe down and they like to have their heel up. And then other people just like to have it flat. And, and I noticed that right away when I looked at the base of your guys's putter a couple weekends ago in Kingsport and, it does. It has that like beveled, it's like flat in the center. And then it's beveled up on the heel and the toe. So you can, you can set that putter any way that you're comfortable with. And then you guys also have the interchangeable or the removable weights on the bottom of it too. So like if somebody wanted it to feel a little heavier or a little lighter, they can take those in and out and and swap them as well. Right.
2: Yeah. So the head itself without any weights in it sits at a 340 grams, and then we have, in our stock putter, we have 215 grams. So it takes it to a total of 370 grams. But we just did a putter for Justin, um, uh, dreadful golfer, um, which I'm sure he'll be releasing that soon. I'm not going to say too much. But his sits at 350 grams, just the putter itself. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And then we did two ten 10-gram weights to bring him up to 370 because that's pretty much the standard for a heavier putter yeah. is 370. But with it being 210s, he could step 225s in there and take a great to 400 if he wants to have, you know, the Thor's hammer in his hands to he you know, <laughs> with a nice, solid piece of weight. And some people like that. But we also wanted a heavier putter, too, because a heavier putter is easier to putt with, especially for beginners, because you don't have to take the putter as far back. On your backstroke, and it's coming forward with a lot more weight, which then will also force the ball to travel further off of less, you know, so anytime you can shorten up a backswing in an amateurs golf swing, you're decreasing the errors, which, again, is kind of those little things we incorporated here to make it user friendly, right out of the box.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, man. I love that. Before we get too much deeper into this, where where can anybody that's listening to this podcast, where can they look you guys up? Online, social media, like let's get let's hear all
1: of your guys'
0: tags. So you can and- go
1: on you can go on to Instagram. Uh, we're under uh, freedom golf. It's freedom and then three underscores and then golf. I don't know for whatever reason it wouldn't let me just pick freedom golf or one underscore. So three underscores golf. Same thing on TikTok, it's literally identical. Um, those are our two main uh social media platforms. We have a Facebook, we don't use it. We have a Facebook mainly because we just had to create it in conjunction with the Instagram. But uh, in terms of business pages, it's just
2: Facebook is dead. So, uh, but we have a YouTube page, you can go check out. Same thing freedom underscore 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 golf. Yeah, the
1: YouTube page, we're actually going to be doing uh, some content probably starting in 2023 uh, with different golfers that we've done affiliate stuff with or sponsored or some college athletes, um, more of like a you know, follow them around blog style uh videos. So um YouTube page we have now is created. There's some random stuff on there just to have the page ready to go. But uh yeah, so for 2023, we're gonna be doing a lot more content with the the YouTube side as we kind of Get into our groove here with it. It's not so crazy. So, um, that's but, awesome.
0: You guys have a website too?
1: Yep. It's uh, freedom golf, all one word, and then dot shop, S H O P. Uh, you can go that. It's all linked on the TikTok and the Instagram. There's uh, links in both uh, bios. And uh, whoever wants to buy anything after this podcast is over, we'll give Ryan a uh, a T at high discount code that he can put out and, uh, we'll give everybody 10% off if they want to order anything after, uh, the episode's over.
2: So.
0: Oh man, that's awesome, dude. Thank you guys so much. That's huge. We'll that's here. massive.
2: We'll just yeah. do TIH1776 for the promo code. Yeah. Keep it simple. Yeah.
1: That'd be awesome. Yep, there you go. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, so TIH1776. And then you can put that into the uh store at your checkout and it'll save you 10 we also do financing on the website as well so if you want to do like it's it's the, our putters we sell our stock ones for 189.99 our wedges are going to be 89.99 uh and then the custom stuff we have a custom shop on our website as well where you can customize your putter head cover all that stuff um but the full setup will be 300 for the putter and the head cover and then just the head cover will be 150 but you can use uh, our A firm. We have 100% acceptance rate for our financing and you can do it over two months, three months or a year if you want, whatever terms uh, come out and you know, make payments on it or whatever your financial situation is. So,
0: That's awesome. What's the, what's the turnaround time? So anybody that goes on there and orders, a, let's just say like a putter from you and they want to do a custom, yep. what's the turnaround time for you guys to complete the build and get it shipped out to them?
1: So lead time for a custom putter, uh, anywhere, it just depends on how busy we are. Like right now we have like 11 customs going, but anywhere from, uh, probably three to five weeks for a fully custom hand painted putter and head cover. Um, and then for our stock putters, if you order one, we'll ship it out either depending on when you order it, but same day or next day, uh, you'll have tracking and shipping information in your mailbox. So um, we should have the wedges. I know a lot of people that are listening to this were at the TikTok event. Um, We should have our wedges in about two, three weeks uh, that we're gonna send out to everybody as well as some other swag that you'll get in the box. Uh, And then we'll have the rest of the sets up uh, for sale. So um, everybody's gonna get one random wedge in their box please don't email us and ask us for like a specific degree because (laughs) it's, that's going to get crazy, but you're going to get a random wedge in your box. If you want to order the rest of the wedges, we're going to put a discount code. We're not going to tell you what it is, but we're going to put a discount code in all of those boxes for the TikTok people that you can order the whole set. uh, The other remaining three wedges, Uh, you'll get a really good deal on the rest of the three. So that's awesome. um, Those are coming into, and then for you uh, and Caitlin, that one, your putters, your head covers should be in, uh, here shortly. So, yes, uh, yeah, but
0: the other thing that I noticed too, that I was really excited about with your putter covers is that your putter cutters have the putter covers have the magnets on them instead of the Velcro. So you're not scratching up and messing up the face of your putter.
1: That was a big, uh, design point for Scott and I. Um, so I handle a lot of like, so obviously you heard Scott, he's got the PGA background, right? So him with like, you know, doing the course management and events and all that stuff. Great, I have the business background, so I'm like, hey, like, I know where to order and manufacturing and the custom stuff and all that. But so we have a great teamwork together, uh, and then we have our C our CFO, uh, we have our financial guy that does like some business to business stuff, and then obviously we have uh, Alec Ogletree, our NFL player, who's like our player and agent liaison. But when we were designing it, I was like, listen, Scott, there's there's three things I need to hit in this putter, right? Like it needs to be heavy. So we're this, we're there's only one putter on the market that's a stock putter that's heavier than ours. Uh, I'm not going to name the brand, but it doesn't matter. So there's only one putter on the market that's stock that's heavier than ours. Head covers, I was like, they need to be leather and they need to have the magnetic close. Because if you go buy a Scotty Cameron right now, and I was actually just at Edwin Watts because they do, we have a little bit of a partnership with them. But um, so... I was messing the new Scotty Cameron's came out and I was messing around with the head covers and they're like a nylon and they're velcro and I was like, well for three hundred bucks or four hundred bucks, whatever it is, I'm not even getting a leather head cover. so for us yeah. it was like we're not skipping cost on anything where you're getting a magnet with the felt interior you're getting a leather head cover it's uh, embroidered it's not like you know silk screen so it's not gonna rub off like it's you're getting top quality stuff so, biggest mission of ours, you know, was, was that quality aspect of it and feeling like, yes, I paid a cheaper price for this, but not getting a cheaper product. You know what I mean? So, um, that was, that was a big sticking point for us was having the magnet and the leather was like, this has to happen regardless of price, this has to happen. So yeah, no, I
0: I could tell that like, I could tell that the second that I was able to pick up one of your putters and then the second I saw the, the cover for it, I was like, dude, this is like a four or $500 setup right here. Easy. I mean, just the putter cover alone is super legit, man. The stitching that you guys have on there, like the one that I have with the freedom golf logo all over it is (coughs) dude, it's spot on. It's insane.
1: Here's the people want to see the, the cover. So we got red on one side, blue on the other, and then our, freedom golf script on the top and then here's the the mag that is super strong for the back so you know you're not going to lose it in your cart if it's flying down and then the other thing i hate too with the velcro stuff which like every other company does is like if you throw it on the ground right like scott and i play the exact same way we take our cover off we toss it on the ground we go up to the green and putt right i do the same it gets grass in it it gets dirt (laughs) in it it gets you know this one you just dust it off and it's good you know good to go and you could get some, you know, leather cleaner if you really want to take care of the head cover, you know, you can use leather cleaner and it'll be fine. But yeah, the magnets for me was like a big, big deal. So that's awesome, but, man. Yeah.
0: Well, Nick, tell us a little bit more about your, uh, your, your background. Where you, were you from originally? How much time did you spend in the military?
1: So originally I'm from Pennsylvania. Uh, I joined the Marine Corps in 2010, uh, I was supposed to join the army with a buddy of mine. Uh, of, at first my whole family are Marines, right? So I went to my parents cause they're like, Oh, you need to get a job or you need to get out of the house. Like you can't just be bartending where Scott and I worked at forever. So I was like 19, 20. And, uh, so I was like, Oh, I'm just gonna go join the army. Like that's an easy choice. So me and my buddy went to the recruiters. I brought the paperwork home and, uh, my cousin who was a master sergeant, which is pretty high up in, in the ranks he called me and was like, Hey, your mom told me you're joining the army. And he was like, absolutely not like, that's not (laughs) happening. So (laughs) typical (laughs) Marine, typical Marine, nobody, nobody, you know, no offense to anybody who's listening, but the Marines that are listening, no, there's, and, uh, you know, there's a big difference, but anyway, so he was, he kind of talked me off the ledge and was like, Hey, listen, like, I think you should do X, Y, and Z based off of what you want to do. There's, you know, uh, I wanted to be in the infantry, right? So I wanted to go kick doors down and shoot bad guys and the whole thing. So uh, he was like, listen, you're going to be more of a number in the army versus you're going to do cooler shit in Marine Corps. So I was like, cool, done deal. Walked, I was like recruiter's wet dream. I walked into the recruiting office. I was like 20 years old. I was like, I'm here to sign paperwork. And I thought it was like the movies. I was like, I'm going to leave for boot camp tonight. Said <laughs> bye to my parents and they're like, uh no, this is you know 2009 or 10, whatever it was. I think it was nine. And they're like, yeah, like there's definitely a process we have to go through. It's not just like World War two. So um I just picture I you,
0: I picture you with like a backpack full of clothes, like I'm ready to get <laughs> I didn't on the take bus. anything.
1: <laughs> I didn't take anything, man. I walked to the crew. I had, I had my driver's license, I left my I left my like debit card, everything at home. I took my driver's license. I took my social security card because I was like, I'm probably going to need that. And I took my birth certificate and I walked to the recruiting office. I told my parents, I was like, and they didn't even say anything because they probably knew like, oh, this kid's an idiot. He's going to be back in 10 minutes. But I I had my friend drop me off at the recruiter and walked in and I was like, I'm here to sign paperwork and I'm ready to go to boot camp, And they were like, uh, okay, like, <laughs> how about you have a seat and we got to figure this out. So you have to do like testing beforehand. You got to sign up for jobs is the whole thing. So signed up for my job, picked infantry. The Marine Corps, you don't get to pick your job. You get a list of jobs of three based off of your test scores and you get to pick one of those. I was very adamant. I was like, I'm not signing paperwork until I get an infantry job. There just wasn't any available because this was, you know, 2010, right? Like, you know, we did the initial invasion and we had the war in Iraq and Afghanistan going on like crazy. So, um, like everybody was picking infantry jobs that wanted to join the Marine Corps. So, I waited for about eight months uh, in this thing called the debt program, which is the delayed entry program where you just hang out basically until you leave. And I got a phone call on Halloween night of 2000 and, uh, yeah, it was 2010. And they were like, hey, uh, you wanna, or no, I'm sorry. Yeah, I turned 21 in September. So I got a phone call in October, Halloween night, and they're like, hey, there's an infantry job that opened up. It was like, I don't know, probably one o'clock in the morning. I'm in a bar like half hammered because I'm like fresh 21. And uh, my recruiter was like, hey, uh, uh, infantry job opened up. We're going to steal it from one of the other offices, the contract. Do you want it? And I was like, yeah, sure. Like, when can I sign it? And he's like, where are you at? And I told him the bar because we all went to the same bar. So there's not many in Lancaster that, you know, the, the regulars go to. So he's like, oh, yeah, I live, you know, right down the street. It was the toy soldier in Lidditz, uh, Scott. So uh, he, uh, he uh, met me over there. It's like a small town, like kind of like a biker bar style. All the recruiters hung out there and the whole thing. So he's like, oh, yeah, I'm right down the street. I'll bring you the contract. I signed the contract, you know, probably, again, like half drunk. And he's, I was like, cool, when do I leave? And he was like, uh, about eight hours. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. So I go home, say my goodbyes to everybody, pack my shit, and I left for uh, Paris Island, South Carolina. The very next morning, uh, I got on the bus, went to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, did my three months quickest way off the island at Paris Island for anybody who's a Marine knows, quickest way off the island is to graduate uh, instead of waiting around. So three months of boot camp, the longest boot camp of any of the other branches. Um, then I went to my infantry school and then After my infantry school, I went to a reconnaissance school called BRC out in California, where you just run to the pool, you get drowned every day in the pool, literally like they'll just pull kids up from underneath the water, give them CPR, throw you back in the water, you know, and then you go through that whole process. But I wanted to be a recon Marine, right? And it's like a subset of the infantry. And all my friends were deploying at this time because the school I volunteered to go to after my infantry school. Well, all my other friends were getting sent on deployments and I was like, man, like, I don't want to sit here for like another year and like not deploy because I don't even know if I want to do another contract, right? Like the whole thing with the recon is like, it's a, it'll set you up for success later down the road. I didn't know I wanted to do that. I was just like, oh, I want to do this, kick in doors, kill bad guys and move on with my life. So I dropped out of recon school, got sent back to my original unit that I got orders to, and I was deployed within probably three months to Sang in Afghanistan. And then, uh, I mean, there's a ton of documentaries on it. You can look it up. Pharmacy Road, IEDs everywhere. It it was a really bad spot. Um, And then I did, I got out in 2015. um, And then from there, uh, I was working corporate jobs. And I had like a little like uh, screen printing side business uh, that I was doing. And uh, I was working corporate for Vitamin World, kind of like GNC. Oh, yeah. I've heard of them. Yeah. 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 So I was a manager for a handful of stores for, uh, in the area, um, Lancaster, Hershey, York, uh, some other places in, in that area that we're from. And, uh, so I was like, I don't know if I want to do this the rest of my life. So I started up this side business and I had a buddy of mine that started a YouTube channel and, uh, he wanted me to do like lanyards for him. And then somebody else saw it, and it kind of took off into this crazy spiral, kind of similar to what we're doing now, where like all these people started hitting me up, like word of mouth, and I didn't even really have to advertise. And all of a sudden, I was doing stuff for professional bodybuilders like Guy Sistrenino and Steve Kuklo, and um, you know, I was doing you know uh, merchandise for YouTubers like Daily Driven Exotics and Street Street Speed Seven One Seven, and you know, some of these guys that have millions of followers on YouTube, and it was like an awesome run. And uh, I had somebody that approached me that wanted to buy the business and the contacts and all that stuff and kind of just sold it to him. I can't give out any details of sale dates or anything like that, but sold the, sold the business to him and uh, just kind of had a decent amount of money. And that's when I got hooked up with Scott a couple of years later. And um, you know, I was like, Hey, like he has his own side business that, you know, does his thing with his brother-in-law and uh you know we were just kind of floating ideas back and forth and that's how this whole thing started because I was just doing the entrepreneur stuff for about three four years and uh you know kind of just went with it so that's my quick quick little rundown of my last what 12 years (laughs) that's
0: that's crazy man well so I was actually just in York and Lancaster um Like a couple months ago, I was working up there. I was up there for a whole week. I actually played two rounds of golf while I was up there. Um, Where'd you play it? For the life of me, I can't even remember where they were now. Oh, yeah. One one was in York and the other was in Lancaster. Um, okay. I have videos from the Lancaster golf course on my TikTok account, but they're a little bit further down now. I think I have I have videos yeah. from both of them. I don't remember what they were called, but I could look them up and I could let you know. But I'm sure you guys have been
1: out there and played them. Probably. Yeah. There's only so many in our. Yeah. So. yeah. And there's yeah. only so many months of the year that you can play up there. So, yeah. Yeah. That's a big thing. So, that's, yeah.
0: How many years were you in the Marines?
1: Uh, I was in for six years uh, or sorry, had a six year contract. I got out after five uh, and then um, I was at Camp Lejeune, North Carolina first with first battalion, eighth Marines. And then uh, I PCS out to Hawaii, which is like a, a permanent changes station where I moved uh, to Hawaii with uh, 1st Battalion, 3rd Marines um, and went on a deployment with them. And kind of just did, uh, we did like some Japan rotations where we just went to Okinawa and drank a lot at the E-Club and got to go to, we got to go to some cool places like uh, New Caledonia, which is a super cool island off the coast of Australia. But it's it's owned by the French, right? It's it's right off the coast of Australia. Yeah, it's owned by the French, and the uh, they all speak like like English with like a French accent. It's super weird, but it's like the coolest little island. Like it's almost it almost feels like not real because everything's so like like picturesque and like perfect and like. So it was like us, the New Zealanders and the Australians, and we all hung out together and like the town just didn't have the capacity of like uh, security to deal with a bunch of uh, drunk New Zealanders and drunk Australians and Marines to (laughs) deal with. So like we went out with the New Zealanders one night and they got like really rowdy because the New Zealanders and Australians like naturally hate each other. Right. So like there's like that thing there. So um, we went out with them. And two, those two got into, like, this crazy fight. They had to call, like, the SWAT team. It was, like, the first time that, like, the New Caledonia SWAT team, I think, has, like, ever been activated. But it was, it was a crazy uh, crazy ride. But, yeah, I mean, we got to go to some cool places in over five years. And I kind of um, – I knew it wasn't for me long term because of what I wanted to do and what I had accomplished in the Marine Corps as far as what I set out when I originally joined. Um, again was to like uh you know kick in doors and kill bad guys and we kinda uh did a little bit of both and um you know a handful of deployments and it was it was a good time. So I didn't need to stay in. They always say like once a marine, always a marine. So yeah. I say like once a marine, always a marine. So why reenlist? Right. So yeah, <laughs> that's exactly. kinda my kind of my motto. But yeah, I mean it's uh there's a lot of opportunities as well being uh like a veteran owned business as far as like you know, tax incentives and tax breaks and um, like small business loans and, you know, ways that like banks will reach out and work with you and ways that the VA can work with you and help you. And that's um, awesome. Yeah. It's a, it's a a really good program. uh, If anybody's considering joining, I mean, um, you know, and you can even go get like certificates and stuff because you have like your GI bill, but you can even go get like business certificates or, you know, blood drawing certificates or whatever after you're done, but you, there's so many grants and loans and all this stuff for small business owners. So it was a good, uh, kind of transition, um, for me to kind of naturally make. So it was, a uh, it was a good time, but yeah, five years was my, was my limit. <laughs> nice.
0: So where are you guys based out of right now? I mean, you're from Pennsylvania, but are you in Pennsylvania still, or were you at? No,
1: I moved to Texas. Um, Oh man, was it been five years ago now? I'm um, down in San Antonio, and then Scott and John, um, our other two guys, they're in uh, Boca. So the business is registered out of Florida because of you know there's tax state, reasons, no state yeah. tax. Yeah, no state tax. So um, it's very smart. Very uh, smart. I mean, yeah. Texas is too, but there's already two people uh, down there for us, um, and then our CFO uh, Ty, he's based out of. Um, Colorado. And then, uh, Alec obviously is in, uh, Atlanta where he's, uh, where he's from. So, um, kind of, kind of a little all over the South and then Colorado, but, um, yeah, we just, uh, keeping it simple, registering at one spot and it makes it easy to move and travel and everything with everybody kind of being central.
0: Dude, like he's got the little trophy in the background and then he's, that's a sweet little Uh, uh,
1: background too. Can you hear us?
2: Yeah. You hear me? Yeah, Yeah, now we can. All right, dude. What my Wi-Fi like reset, so I couldn't even like use my phone in full. Nah, no yeah, worries. Well,
0: I'm glad yeah, you're back. Again, it
2: was yeah, I'm
0: glad you're back. I was uh, I was trying to get give you 20 minutes like Nick had to talk about your <laughs> your background, and I was curious to hear like how you got into you know going to the PGA of America school and um, get your background. Cool.
2: So. Coming out of high school, um, I focused more on sports. So, obviously, I was like everybody else, had to go to a community college, did that whole role. And while I did that, I bartended and served at a restaurant that me and Nick both worked at. It's pretty much the spot for everybody kind of in the area. It was uh, the local watering hole, so to speak. Um, (laughs) um, And then I actually tried to go into the Marines shortly after high school and went to MEPS twice, went to a civilian doctor and they DQ'd me for life. So I was like, all right, well, even if there's a, you know, where they're recruiting people, I'm out now. So they gave me a reason because of a shoulder surgery that i would had was the disqualifier. So I was like, all right, you know, can't go. So then I went and finished my criminal justice degree. So I have a degree in criminal justice with a minor in psychology um, I did that um down here in Florida at Nova Southeastern, which is the university that has the Miami Dolphins practice facility on it, oh, which nice. is pretty cool. Um so did that whole thing and then started my process of going into the police academy and all of that. And my uh commander who was helping me through all this, he was basically he gave me a couple scenarios. And in two out of the three scenarios, I was like, nah, I'm gonna let them shoot each other. Like, I'm not <laughs> stepping in there. And he's like, you sure this is what you wanna do? He's like, that's literally what your job is. And I was like, because those scenarios, like two crackheads or, you know, drugged out people that were married having a fight, and the husband pulls a gun out or whatever, or the wife pulls a gun out after, you know, domestic violence or whatever, you know, in the situation. And he's like, what are you gonna do if they pull a gun out? You're supposed to step in between them. I'm like, not me, man. I have a lot more value in my life than that. I was like, sorry about you. I was like, so at that point I was like, all right, maybe, you know, my need and want to help people and be, you know, active, I got to find a better path to kind of be that give back to help people. Um, So then I was like, all right, you know, I was all self-taught golf. I never took lessons and I was shooting mid eighties, low eighties. So I was like, look, if I feel like if I got some instruction, some like real professional, you know, attention to detail with what I'm doing. I don't see any why why I couldn't shoot par. Yeah. So um, I enrolled and went to the PGA Academy in Myrtle Beach, graduated there in May of 2012. And then I kind of just did the circuit in the Myrtle Beach area, Um, played on some um, mini tours there, worked at, you know, several golf courses in the area, you know, Glenn Dornock, um, Heather Glenn, um, uh, the brickyard and a few other ones. And honestly, the more I worked in the business, the less I got to golf. And I started to fall out of love with the game of golf. And it's kind of the old saying, you know, don't if you like to play golf, don't get in the golf industry. And it's Facts, you know, I would have to sneak out to get a round golf and while I was doing bag drop while everybody was out playing, sneak in behind the last group and play a hole or two because that was probably the only amount I was playing. So, um, did that whole thing, which I gained a ton of knowledge out of that school. You know, I'm technically, uh, have the credentials that I can, you know, give lessons and do all of that. Also, you know, maintenance side and golf course operations and turf management, you know, all my schooling was on that side. So I have all the backing essentially to be a head pro at a golf course. But to me, there's no fun in that because all you're doing is business. You're not actually doing anything to evolve the game of golf. You're not making the game any better. And it it
0: seems like. I've heard a lot of people in your position say that. And it almost sounds like if you're the quote unquote head pro to golf course, they might as well just call you like the golf course manager. Cause it's like, all you're doing is just running the day-to-day operations.
2: Well, what it is, he's the money manager. He's yeah. the guy that has to pinch every penny and the higher ups are leaning on him to cut costs. And the lower guys below him are looking up saying, I need more money. Yeah. You know, it's a thankless job is basically what it comes down to. So unless you get one of those nice private jobs, you know, that was really the only option and to try to fight for that one position with a thousand guys, like every single time, it just, to me, it was sucking the fun out of the game. So I kind of stepped away from it for about five, six years, you know, just played fun, didn't really do anything competitive. After I got out, it kind of just drained me. So I kind of took like a four or five year break from golf I don't even think I played one round, to be honest with you. Um, And that's when I moved down here to Florida. Um, Met my fiance. We have two kids now. So, obviously, good play there. Um, And then I want to say probably 2017, um, I got my health insurance license. Got, you know, I'm licensed in roughly like 32 states for Health, Life, and Medicare. Uh, So, that was you know, my bread and butter is having that agency up and running. Um, and it's cool and all, but, you know, there's no excitement in selling life insurance or selling Medicare. I'm going <laughs> to yeah. be honest with you, you know, yeah. it's, it pays the bills, but it's there's no flair to it. You know, I enjoy helping people and it makes me feel good when I can save somebody money or give somebody a, that's in a tough situation the ability to be insured you know, for their kids and their family and stuff that is rewarding, but it's not as rewarding as what I'm doing with Freedom Golf. Um, So when me and Nick kind of, he reached out to me, like you said, and it was, he saw a post I did about a client that, you know, I wrote him a million dollar policy for him and his wife. And it was like a hundred bucks for a term policy. And he's like, yeah, is this real? He's like, are you just messing with people on Facebook and stuff? He's like, yeah, stop. Stop catfishings. Like, and I I was like, nah, man, I was like, that's really what happened? He's like, bet. All right. Me and my wife, run me a quote right now. And from there, it was like, I kind of was, you know, in the life insurance application and doing stuff. I have to ask financial questions and, you know, jobs and what are you doing? And, you know, this and that. So after we got done with that, I was like, so, you know, what is it that you're doing right now? And he kind of just filled me in on that stuff and you know one thing kind of just led to another and we're here right now you know i mean he told the story there's really you know sitting kind of like microsoft me and me sitting in my garage here in florida you know (laughs) him in his office and we're just kind of you know up to three o'clock in the morning get on a call at eight p.m. we're up till 3 a.m you know sitting here drawing stuff out and neither one of us is an artist so we're drawing stuff up and (laughs) <laughs> while we're on the phone, taking a picture and sending it to each other. And it's like, you're sitting there squinting, like, is that a T or what did you do here? You, know, like, <laughs> you have to explain it. And then there's arrows drawing in lines like, oh, this is for this. And that it was, that's why I like, I enjoyed it. Otherwise I wouldn't have been up till three o'clock in the morning, most nights talking to Nick instead of sleeping, you know, but <laughs> we're able to, me and him honestly make a really good team. And this whole thing, just because before I say something as far as the design goes for him, as far as, you know, what he wants, like the magnet on the head cover, we're already on the same page. You know, to me, one of the biggest oversights in golf history, as far as accessories and clubs and everything goes, is the Velcro on the Scotty Cameron putter. Yeah. Literally the biggest oversight, in my opinion, in the game of golf is <laughs> that right there for the price. So, you know, just to tell you a little bit about that, you know, and what we're trying to do is give you all the best without having to pay for it. Because me and him grew up poor. It's not like we were, you know, the country club kids. You know, my first set of clubs was out of a yard sale that had the 50 pound golf bag. That was the, you know, cute green color from the 70s. Nice. You know, the old persimmon woods. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I was rocking and rolling, bro. With, that was that with was my people. first.
0: My first set was my my grandfather played golf all the time. Man, he ended up retiring. He was in Chicago, but he retired to Arizona, and uh, he and my grandmother lived on a golf course. My grandfather played every single day. He had a golf cart that he would just drive from the garage to the course. Um, I never met him, but my my mom and my grandmother told me stories about how my grandfather was used to play with Chichi Rodriguez all the time. Um, and then my grandfather passed away when I was like three or four years old. So I have like small memories of like being at that house, but I never have any memories of actually playing golf. I just remember like a glimpse of a memory of like riding on a golf cart with my grandfather or, you know, sitting on their back porch, like watching the jackrabbits run around in the desert and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, man, like golf is golf's a big deal. I don't know what I I was going with that. I still have my
1: first set. I still have my first set. I had a, and mind you, started playing golf. Right, I got a hand-me-down set of clubs from my uncle. Rest God rest his soul. Uh, he gave me a set of Ben Hogan blades. Yes, <laughs> this was my first set. Couldn't hit them for the life of me. <laughs> I was... still managed, still managed to stick it through and still play into this day. But yeah, they're like the heads of the clubs are like this high on the irons, like yeah. they're like butter knives. I still got them in my garage. I try and hit them every now and then, and I'm like. How did I even play these? I played them in high school on the golf team. I don't even know how.
0: That's I'd- that's the exact same set of clubs that my grandfather had was the Ben Hogan Blades. I yep. wish to this day that I had that set of golf clubs. My mom sold them in a garage sale when I was a kid, you know, a long time ago. And, and I, I look back at where I'm at now in my life and my passion and my love for golf. And I know 100% that it comes from my grandfather. And to me, it would just mean the world if I had that set back, but I'll never get it. But Persimmon Woods, Persimmon Driver, the Ben Hogan Blades, dude, his yeah. bag wasn't the puke green like you were talking about, Scott, but it was that, like, brown leather bag that was like, oh, dude, <laughs> like nowadays you could only fit, like, four clubs in it, but back then you fit, like, all 13.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. 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 And, and, then, and, like, our our goal with this whole thing was to, like, to say like, Hey, you don't have to do that in order to get into the game of golf, right? Like you don't have to spend, you know, like granted we don't do irons and drivers, but like with the bags that we're doing stand bags here soon, and they'll be released here shortly, but like a regular stand bags, like $230. We're not even gonna be close to that. Like our putters, you know, I was just at Edwin Watts today for a little while. And like the cheapest putter they have in there is like $199 for like a, aluminum, you know, crappy, you know, putter. And, you know, for us, it's like wedges, right? Like the the Titleist Vokies are like $150. Like to get with like qualities. Yeah. Each to get like a quality set of clubs and build your bag. I mean, you're looking at probably $2,000, you know what I mean? So if we can save you a little bit of money on the bag and we can save you a little bit of money on the putter and we can save you some money on a set of, like, even if you have two wedges and not four or whatever, You know, you can get that little better of a, you know, use set, you know, where you can save some money in some other spots to, you know, like Scott said earlier, like grow the game was our whole reasoning of wanting to do this was to get it into kids like him and I, when we were younger and and you as well, like I couldn't afford a Scotty Cameron when I was 16, 17, like there's no fucking way, you know what I mean? Like that was, that was two months worth of paychecks from when I was, you know, working back then. So, you know, to be able to, you know, even like kids' parents, right? Because I know when we, you know, at our high school that Scott and I went to, golf wasn't a school sanctioned sport, right? Like the school had a golf team. But you had to pay for your way. Yeah. 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 So like we had to pay for all the polos. We had to pay for the hats, which we had to have, right? To compete. And then you had to buy your own clubs. You had to have your own bags. Like they didn't even give us like school issued, like, you know, Conestoga Valley high school golf bags. It was just like use your own bag and it has to be black, white or red, right? So for us to be able to give somebody that option to, you know, be able to afford it, you know, that's kind of what we wanted to do. And then even now with like the NIL stuff, like we can work with high schools and colleges and provide them bags. Basically, if we want to just give it to them for free, we can, you know, because we're allowed to now because there's no, it's like the wild west. We can do whatever we want now with these kids. So that's awesome. Um, you know kind of opens up that door too so yeah as crazy as like everybody has that story right we're trying to cut back on i don't even know what kind of putter i was using back then like honestly it was probably like a top flight like walmart putter genuinely i, I don't even i genuinely don't know but um the old
0: original yeah, like, ping the ping blade putter that looks like yeah a mini- like a miniature golf course putter but it was made out of yeah. brass and yeah. like, every time you hit yeah. it it would literally be like
1: ping yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i mean that's old school story. So hopefully now people can be like, Oh yeah, I just bought this really nice one for 180 bucks or whatever. And you know, it's lasted me all these years. So um, yeah, it's kind of our, our starting story and, you know.
0: And I got to imagine, I got to imagine for Scott, uh, I've seen you at two different golf events. Now I got to imagine that all the things that you're doing at the golf events are just so much more entertaining and fun and exciting than, going around and, like, selling insurance during the day.
2: Oh, for sure. (laughs) You know, the golf ball launcher, the air cannon and stuff at that last tournament and seeing some of the long drive guys and some of the tournaments have been for NFL players and stuff. So just being, you know, being able to just pick their brains, you know, because talking to a professional athlete within two minutes, you understand why they're a professional athlete. Yeah, Their mind works differently, you know. And even when we got that play with – uh, Alec at TA's event. You know, we're off the green and the car driving to the next hole after the putts made. And Khalil's still on the green putting three, four, Alec. five more until he made the Alec putt. Said their wrong name. Oh, Alec, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but Alex back there just, you know, three, four putts in a row until he made it. And then he would jump in the golf cart. So it's just a it's nice to be, you know, able to rub elbows with guys and cure that mindset because it only helps drive me with you know the three businesses that I run currently and then you know my home life as well knowing that there's people out there that are grinding way harder than I am so no yeah. excuses you know
0: yeah it's funny that you say that too because I had Alan Chaney who was also at TA's tournament on the podcast not too long ago and and I, I asked him I was like what You know, why is it that like every time you see a professional athlete, whether they're an NFL player or a baseball player or a tennis player, these guys just like they started playing golf six months ago and they're a three handicap. (laughs) And he's like, bro, it's just he's like they're machines, man. Like these guys are perfectionists And, and high level athletes, he said they're just so used to having a regimented schedule. They're used to putting in the work. They're used to the, you know, the weight room they're used to the, the OTAs they're used to the, the, wind sprints, all these different things. So like you take them out on a golf course and you try and teach them a golf swing. They actually listen to what you say. They go home and they practice it, which most people don't do. And then they're perfectionist about it and they want to make sure they get it down. And he goes also, you know, they're physical specimens. These guys, because they're athletes, you know, their bodies are very flexible. They're very strong. Like they have different range of motion than like just your average person hopping off a couch. He goes, so it's a lot easier for them to get their body in certain positions than it would be somebody else. that's just picking up the game. And he's like, that's why you see these guys be able to play so well, so quick. Um, and I was like, man, just making me feel super old and like broken over here.
2: <laughs> I mean, like out, the, when we played with him, he hit his seven iron farther than I hit my driver on the one longest drive hole. And I'm just like, "Come on, man!" Like, I hit it like 270, 280, and he drove his seven iron past me. I'm like, he went, he went seven
1: iron, seven iron on a par five and got there in two. Get out of town, dude. <laughs> on that that uphill par five at TA's event over the water. That's he unreal.
2: Went, you remember seven that one? iron? Yeah.
1: Yeah. He went seven iron up on top of the ridge on the hill. Yeah. And then he hit seven iron again and put it off to the left side of the grid seven, nice. seven, in a 520 yard hole or whatever it was, seven iron, seven iron. That's but like ridiculous. the cool thing is too, with, with some of the events that we do now and you know, that side of the business is like working with some of the athletes and stuff and then bringing in, you know, regular people, if you want to call it that or whatever, regular golfers, amateur golfers, whatever, is golf's very humbling, right? Like you can practice every day, right? And you'll see pros take like a 16 on a hole and they practice every day, right? Yep. So seeing, you know, being able to play with like an NFL player, right? You're like, oh, wow, like this guy's the greatest athlete in the world, right? Which I, in my opinion, NFL players are. You have to be strong. You have to be fast. You have to be able to jump. You can't have any deficiencies in any aspect of what you do, regardless of the position.
0: You have to know everything and, that's happening in the game. The, you have to know what yeah. you have to do and what everybody else around you is doing at the exact yeah. same time.
1: Everything. And when you put them on a golf course and you drop them in, right. And you're like, go be athletic. And they're <laughs> like, I don't know how to swing a golf club. Right. So it's like, <laughs> you know, we can take, you know, a guy that's, you know, six foot tall and 300 pounds and put him on a golf course with, you know, an NFL player that's, you know, six, four and, 240 and shredded and this dude who's not athletic at all is playing better golf than an nfl player and it kind of builds like a you know a little bit of camaraderie and you're like wow like you know boost their ego a little bit and then you know yeah a little bit of gamesmanship from the nfl player or you know athlete or whatever but yeah it's it's a humbling sport like there's two things i think in the world that humble people golf and the water right like oh yeah you're either going to sink or you're going to swim in both of those aspects right (laughs) yeah for sure you, you you put somebody on a golf course, you know exactly who they are in four hours and you put somebody in the water and you're going to know exactly who they are in like 20 minutes. So that's <laughs> like those two things right there. Like, you know, the Dude, two humbling so, factors. But.
0: It's so funny that you bring up the word athletic and specific because it just reminded me, like I had Haley Bookholt on the podcast and I was talking to her and <clears throat> her boyfriend, Davis cheek is a quarterback on the Carolina Panthers right now. He was, they were at the TA tournament with me. Yeah, yeah, And I, when we were playing golf at TA's event, I was like, tell me more about this whole first date scenario because Davis had like asked Haley for golf lessons because she was a D1 golfer and he was playing football at the same university. And so he goes out there and he hits a couple golf balls and he turns around and he's like, so what kind of tips do you have for me? And she's like, I don't know, just be more athletic. <laughs> <laughs> He's like 6'4", 220s, a quarterback. Like, just like, be, <laughs> be more athletic.
1: athletic. <laughs> Whatever funny. you were doing, do the opposite of that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, seriously, dude. How That's many different nice. events have you guys uh, been able to take part in so far? You guys oh, said geez. you just started this in March, and now we're talking it's the middle of August. So yeah. where yeah. we got March, April, May, June, July, August. So we're only talking five months.
1: Yeah, so we – didn't even originally intend to do the event planning, coordination, any of that. We had zero thought. We didn't even talk about it. We didn't discuss it. None of it, right? And we were just like, hey, let's, we were doing like grab bags and stuff for different tournaments. And uh, so my cousin called me, he's doing a tournament in September. And this was probably what, like, this is probably in like February, Scott, I think, um, January, something like that. Yeah, somewhere like that. So he called me and was like, hey, I want to do these grab bags for your tournament. And he was co-hosting it with another charity. So two charities were splitting this tournament. And he's like, hey, you know, I don't think I'm going to be able to do the grab bags because the other charity backed out. And that was going to be their responsibility to pay for. And we were paying for the food. And like, just like out of the, like, again, Scott and I kind of like, we're literally like in the same mindset all the time. And we're on a group phone call, right? And I just said it out loud. I was like, well, why don't we just do the tournament with you? And Scott was like, you know, you want, like, he texted me, like, while we were on the phone and he's like, you think we could do that? And I was like, I mean, we're going to figure it out, right? (laughs) So, uh, so I was like, yeah, yeah, basically like I'm, so the business side, I'm very much like a, like, let's just fucking do it. Right. Like we're going to figure it out along the way. Or it's going to be a total disaster, right? Like, just but you're not going to figure out if you can do something unless you just do it, right? Like, you can right. plan and plan and plan. You can create business models and business plans and all these paperworks, but like, you just have to fucking go and do it. There's no substitute for just doing the hard work. Yeah, so, they call
0: that paralysis by analysis.
1: Exactly. And I like I. We have a great guy on our team, Ty, our CFO. He's a great dude, and he's very like he 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 thinks things through very good. We need that, right? And he hates when I get into calls because I'm like, "No, we're just going to do it." And he he created like this god bless him, he created like this 12-page business plan and, <laughs> and I had it scrapped after like 2 weeks. And I I was like, "He worked on it? He worked on it for probably like 2 months." Oh and my gosh. The business plan went straight out the window in less than in less than a week. <laughs> so uh, so we uh we, and he did all this analysis and market analysis, the whole thing. And I was just like, I'm not a numbers person. I'm like, I'm just going to do it. And you tell me, but so anyway, we did this, we volunteered to do this tournament. We got off the phone. I called Scott and I was like, yeah, so I guess we're doing this tournament now. And he's like, okay, cool. I guess we're doing it. And we booked that one. And then, uh, we got a phone call from like the Ronald McDonald house that Scott was talking to in here in Dallas, Fort Worth. And they wanted to do some stuff for grab bags and they were talking to us about tournaments. So we booked that. And then, um, Scott got a hold of, uh, Ashley, right. For, uh, Ashley green. Yep. And, uh, they were talking and they're like, Hey, you know, I know it's super short notice, but we have TA's event in about a week. You guys want to come out to it. There's going to be some NFL players there. Like I want your help with some of these tournaments that I'm doing. Cause you know, uh, just kind of work like a mutual partnership. And we're like, yeah, absolutely. Like, Booked the flight, you know, came out the TA's event, and uh, you know, did you that one, that, and now we have- You guys
0: had that sweet Jeep that you got off of Turo.
1: Yeah, that thing was awesome. So I'm a big... like, As far as business goes, and I don't know if there's anybody listening to this that wants to start their own business, create their own business. I've been doing this business shit for the last like seven years, right? I have no business degree. I went to the Marine Corps, right? Like infantry, nothing related to business, right? I'm just... I'm just a doer, and Scott will tell you. Like, I'll text him at three thirty in the morning, four in the morning. Like, I'm always like, I'm always <laughs> up doing shit, right? I I barely like. It's just. It is what it is. There's no substitute for hard work, and I firmly believe that. So, we uh, we were just like, hey, you know, let's uh, do TA's event. And let's you know do this. And I'm like, golf and networking are two places where you can get more done than any college classroom or any professor is going to teach you or anything like that. Right. So a hundred percent. I picked up this Jeep. Right. And like me, me naturally, I'm a people person. I'm outgoing. Like, it's just who I am. I can't, can't control. It just happens. So this guy dropped this Jeep off for me on Turo at the Atlanta airport. And he, he's like, you know, super cool dude. His name is Jesse. And, uh, you know, I dapped him up and he's like, well, you got all these golf clubs for, and I was like, oh, we're going to this event. You should come. You know? Cause he's like, oh, I do photography. That would be super cool. And I was like, well, come out, you know, do the photography, do the videography, like whatever, we'll get you in. And uh, so met him and he's, I mean, him and I, we've talked probably daily since then because he came to Kyle Pitts's event with us. He's going to do this Dallas event with us, which we'll get into. But, um, you know, just networking with that and then networking on the golf course. So when we did TA's event, it was hot. It was sweaty. You were there. It was like it rained the day before It was probably like 2000% humidity, like no joke on the day that we actually played. Um, And we got paired up with Alec uh, Ogletree, who is now involved in the business. And like we spent, it was literally like a six and a half hour round, seven hour round that day. And, you know, we spent seven hours with Alec and he was asking about the business and picking our brains and whatever. And, you know, two, three days later, I get a phone call and it landed a number and I answered it. It was Alec. he's like, Hey man, what are you going to be back down next? You know, I want to take you out to dinner and talk, you know, business stuff. And again, like just comes from putting in the work and grinding through, through all this and networking and like just talk to people and do the thing. But we went from having our product in March and doing one or two events to now we have about 11 events from now until February uh, that we're going to be doing and going to and, Hosting and being a part of or sponsoring or whatever that we're going to be at. So, and that's why I've, it was funny because Ty put this whole business plan together about retail sales and wholesale and, you know, <laughs> uh, business to business and grab bags. And like literally, I just scrapped it. And we're like, okay, we're doing tournaments and events. We're doing, I have two wholesale accounts with two pro shops. You know, we have the retail side. Now we have a custom shop. Like it's just like a, it just completely exploded. So it's been, it's been ridiculous, wild, like never in our wildest dreams that we think that we were going to be getting like, you know, Scott calls us champagne problems. You know, we're getting like phone calls in the middle of the afternoon. It's like, oh, I'm so and so with uh, the Buccaneers or whatever. Like, you know, my boy said sent me your number and said you could help me with my tournament next year. We're like, yeah, sure. Like, let's do it, man. So, um, it's been pretty pretty fun last three months. That's what I'm saying. Like, everything happened from probably right before TA's event until, you know, currently where we sit. So it's been a a crazy ride.
0: That's so awesome, man. I'm excited for you guys.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: <clears throat> I feel like it's a disservice if we don't get into the Southern Invitational though. We got to talk about Yeah. We got to talk about Southern Invitational. Scott, what was your what was your highlight?
2: The highlight <clears throat> honestly it was probably just meeting a group of people that all were very like-minded. Um you know, because I've been to a bunch of different golf tournaments, you know, in my golf career and growing up and stuff, but I've never been at one that was that much just engagement, you know, it wasn't like you stayed with your cart and your foursome and just mingled with those people. Literally, everybody was coming up to you, trying to shake your hand, get to know you. You know, it's kind of like the same thing that Justin and Thomas and, you know, i said, you know, it's kind of like a family at this point, like everybody that was there for the first one, like those are going to be memories that I'm going to keep for my lifetime. You know, I'll remember the first day we got rained out towards the end, but there was yeah. a, a team of uh, the chunky golfers and Caitlin and uh, um, uh, what's it? Uh, I can't think of the other younger girl that was golfing with them. Uh, was it Jenny? Yeah. Jenny. Yeah. Backhouse. Yeah. Yeah. She was out there, and, you know, we're all in the restaurant, and I walked out the back porch, and I look out, and then, I mean, Chunky Golfer, he was wearing his white that day, and I can just see the car driving down that fairway right on the backside of the restaurant. I was like, dude, it's like 7.15. It's almost dark. It just – everything's sopping wet, and these guys are out here just still going. I mean, I think they ended up playing, like, another nine on top of the 18 that they were doing, so – I mean, the air cannon was super cool to have that.
0: Shout out Launch Golf USA.
2: Yeah, Launch Golf USA. I mean, if you're having a tournament, you got to have them. I mean, that's probably one of the highlights, you know. And then I think Justin and Thomas did a great job of just making it fun, you know, keeping it engaging, you know, engaged to where – it didn't matter if you were the best golfer or the worst golfer. Some of those games that you were doing with the lag shot and with the oven <laughs> mitts and stuff—I mean, yeah—at that point, you either hit it or you didn't. It really had nothing to do with your ability. You know, it was more chance.
0: Did you guys? Did you guys ever make it to the par five where you could only throw the golf ball?
2: Yeah. <laughs> I heard yeah, so you know. many
0: people. I heard so many people were like, "Oh, I threw my shoulder out. Like my arm hurt after well, that." Like,
2: it was me. The first day was me, Clint, and Livy, which all three of us have uh, right shoulder rotator issues. I've had it operated on. I think Clint said he did, and <laughs> Livy said the same thing. So our first throw for all three of us, I think we combined the farthest one went like twenty yards. <laughs> And then we walked up to it, <laughs> grab it again. We did it like two or three more times, and we didn't even make it to the hazard yet, that first hazard. Oh, geez. The water, and I'm standing there in the middle of the fairway, and I'm like sitting here, I'm like five, and I just started doing the measurements, six, seven, eight, nine. I was like, I'm going to have to one putt for a 10 at the count that I'm doing here. Just I was like, no, nope, I'm done. I picked my ball up, put it in my pocket, wrote a 10 on the card. <laughs> I think that's the Max, And Clint looked at me and he goes, 10 for me, too. He's like, done. Let's go. This one, nope. (laughs) (laughs) So I think the very next one then was the putter off the tee, I believe. Yeah, it was. uh, Chisel, which shout out to them for the sweet glasses. Oh, those things are sick, man. Definitely. They do some quality work. I'm glad that they were out there. But, yeah, I mean, it's hard to pick just one moment because there were so many good ones. You know, even just when we were rained out in the cart barn underneath the building, I mean, there were still good times happening in there. I mean, I saw a plus three golf hit a, a ball off the concrete or yeah. the, you know, the blacktop right there outside the cart barn, just sent a ball launch. And so, I mean, there was, it was all just the right people, the right atmosphere, you know, and now, Obviously, they got this new one coming up in Orlando, you know, so if you don't know, you better try because you don't want to miss another one. I promise you that. Yeah. And
0: this one's going to be this one is going to be massive, man. Like the budget that they have for this one is astronomical, dude. It's going to like I'm not trying to say too much about it, but I'm just telling you guys right now, it's going to blow the first one out of the water. So anybody that's listening to this podcast right now, if you're on TikTok, if you've seen any videos from any of the people that were at the Southern Invitational in Kingsport, Tennessee, I'm telling you right now, FOMO is a real effing thing. (laughs) And if you miss the first one, you're going to really hate yourself if you let yourself miss the second one.
1: The crazy thing is like there was 53 people there, right? And there wasn't every single person got along. It was yeah. the, the wildest thing that you could walk to, like, especially the mixer night, right? Like everybody was having fun. Everybody was playing together. Everybody was, you know, hitting balls with each other, hanging out, drinking together, playing the contest together, like random people meeting and being like, ah, oh, you're my teammate now for the putting contest. Like hardly ever do you get in the golf industry 50 to hundred people together and there's zero drama or issues. And that you know I again, like shout out thing. to Justin, and yeah, any yeah, any gathering, really, like you could put a yeah. family gathering on my side, at least, and there's probably a little bit of drama, but you know, in the golf world, I mean, it can kind of be hit or miss with the crowd or whatever, but I mean, shout out to Tom and Justin again because that was you know crazy that how good every and like everybody's been hitting us up this week, ordering stuff and hanging out, and like, oh, when are we going to play golf together, and like it's been you know. It, the feedback has been amazing and the networking has been amazing. So like if you're a golf company or anything related to golf, like go to the Orlando one, because it was probably one of the best things we've done as a business, honestly. So, yeah.
0: And if you're, if, especially if you're a business, I mean, it's such an amazing sponsorship opportunity. I mean, there's people that put on golf tournaments all, all year long, every weekend of the year. Right. But like, man, I'm telling you right now for a business, this has to be, one of the absolute best bang for your buck investments as far as sponsoring a golf tournament. And if you guys should be able to answer that better than anybody else, because I know that you guys were a
2: part of that. I mean, it's a real like sponsor for the first one, just because we could, we saw the potential right out of the gate. And that's why we, we weren't the first ones in the door, but I think we were, you know, probably the most committed coming on right out of the gate, which, again, it's just more of a testament to Tom and Justin to, you know, their leadership and setting it all up and making you feel at ease and comfortable. Cause that's the other thing. Like you got to think you're bringing people who, yeah, you know each other through social media, but do you really know that person? You right. I and mean? like to meet somebody in person, you know, you don't know who you're getting. Especially Everybody.
0: when you bring in the social media aspect, because everybody, there's always that stigma, right? That whoever you're seeing on a social media account, especially TikTok, is that the real version of themselves? Or is that just like some version of themselves that they're putting on camera because they're trying to get people to watch their videos? And that's that's a huge point. Like everybody that we met, they were real. What you saw what you saw was what you got for sure.
2: Yep. And I think that was kind of refreshing that it wasn't no show pony or Anything, you know, smoke and mirrors going on. Like everybody was real as could be, you know, first time meeting everybody. And it was like you were friends for the past three, four years. You know what I mean? Like it was really cool just how organically it just came together, you know? So again, if you're in the social media world, in the golf industry or business, I mean, this is a, you know, a no brainer as far as think about, you know, how much you spend on advertising and marketing in a year the little bit that you're going to spend on this will bring you the same probably return as your entire year in your budget would just being honest. I mean, it's already done great stuff for us. Great connections on top of it.
0: That's massive. And it's like, Nick, it's like you were talking about right In, in the business world, you can get so much more done on a golf course and you can get so much more done with networking. And that's exactly what this was. This was like one of the biggest networking events I've ever been a part of in my entire life. And Dude, like for me, because I don't necessarily have a business, obviously, you know, my wife and I have the nonprofit that we started and it's that weekend has already made such a massive impact on our nonprofit that we just started. You know what I mean? But
1: yeah, I mean, the the networking thing is like a hundred percent key. It's going to get you into more doors than any degree ever will.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because if people can shake hands, if they can see you, they can talk to you face to face, eye to eye. And you have a good personality and you're a likable person, man. Like doors just automatically open, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And funny. So quick story. It was actually funny for our TikTok. We had an Instagram page, right? We first started. And Scott was like, Oh, I'm gonna create a TikTok. And I was like, dude, I'm not doing these stupid fucking dances on the internet to get followers. Like, I'm not gonna like dance for my dollar. You know what I mean? I was like, I created one, right? And I had like it had like two followers. It was like me and Scott. And like, that was it. And I was just like, what do you want me to post on this thing? Like, I thought like, you know, I'm 32, I guess I'm like old now, but like, whatever. So I was like, I'm not dancing on fucking TikTok to make money, you know, or whatever. And Scott's like, no, just create one, link it to the Instagram, send me the login information. I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. Whatever. And so like two weeks go by and he's like, bro, please send me the login information. And I was like, okay, sure. (laughs) I was like, here you go. Have fun with it. Like, do your thing. So, Scott runs a TikTok. If anybody messages anybody on TikTok, it's gonna be Scott answering. If anybody mess- messages the Instagram, it's gonna be me. But he created it and he's like, oh, I'm gonna get us a thousand followers by like next week or whatever. And I was like, sure, like, have, you know, good luck. And then he's like, go take your phone to the golf course and just do a bunch of like trick shots and cool shit or whatever. And then like, you know, we had some of the testing items that we had, like some of the putters and whatever to kind of generate some, uh, you know, a following a little bit, I guess. And so I didn't even check it. And then like a week later, he's like, hey, I got us a thousand followers. I was like, what? Like, I of not I was like, who are these people? And he's like, I don't know. People just like TikTok. And then like one of our videos had like a million views. And I was like, what in the fucking world is going on? And I was like, well, I guess. And then we started selling like, head covers and putters and you know all this stuff off of TikTok. And I was like, that's wild. And then Justin and Tom hit us up to do this event. And here I am with my foot in my mouth for the, you know, create creating a TikTok. So it's uh it's wild. But yeah, like you said, I mean, you don't know who you're gonna get in the influencer world. You know what I mean? So yeah to have everybody on the same page and liking each other and getting along, it was great. You know, hopefully it doesn't rain when we go to Florida, but um you know, still a good time. So.
0: Yeah. It looks like, uh, it looks like the TikTok page, Scott was the, I'm just going to do it and figure it the fuck out kind of person in that situation.
2: That's all. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of our MO over here. Like we're just jump in and, you know, sink or swim mentality. I'm me and Nick are on the same page with that. Like we've sat down and been like, Hey, so let's plan this out or let's think about it. And then we kind of both just stopped the thought and we just start laughing. We're like, nah, we'll just jump in, see what happens. You know, kind of yeah. like tonight I was like, Hey, do you want to like sit down and talk or like figure out like what we want to say for, you know, X, Y, and mm-hmm. Z tonight. And then we're both kind of mm-hmm. like, nah, we're just going to jump in. <laughs> Screw it." Like yeah. what happens happens. Like.
0: That's how you got to do I'll it, man. Learn
2: best that way. You know, I learn way better if I fail because I'm going to remember versus if I succeed, you know, I'm going to just breeze through this uh, my, you know, small victory, but I'm going to, you know, be pissed at the failure. So
0: it's so so funny because I'm the exact same way. I'm just like, I get, I get my head on something and I just jump both feet in. I dive in, I put a bunch of time and money and effort into it. And like with this podcast, that's exactly what I did. I just was like, how do I get, how do I start a podcast? It's like, okay, cool. Like you have to, you got to have this thing called an RSS feed. I'm like, cool. Where do I get one of those? Where do I post it? What do I do with it? Came across this site called Buzzsprout, uh, this website called Buzzsprout, and it's just a hosting platform for podcasts. You upload your podcast onto that website, and then it distributes it out to every other platforms: Spotify, Google, Amazon, Apple, all those. Right. I did no research on this. I was like, "Cool, that one looks good." turns out it's the absolute biggest number one podcast hosting site like at all of them and I I didn't know like I was just like whatever it looks cool and there's a lot of good information on here and they have a lot of help for me if I need it in the future but I just started doing it man and I just started posting stuff online and then I I looked at it like I want to get people on here and I want to interview people and I want to talk to them and the only thing that's going to get in my way is me so I might as well ask them And they either respond and say yes or no, or they don't respond at all. And either way, if they say yes, I've got a guest on there and I can have a cool conversation with somebody that enjoys golf or even if it's not golf related. Like I've got, I did an interview, my buddy and I interviewed this dude that's a NASA engineer that's part of the team to put the next lunar lander on the moon. I have been instructed by him to not post that episode and make it live yet, unfortunately, so I haven't been able to post it. Um, but yeah, I've got a full two, two, two and a half hour long episode where I'm talking to a guy that's helping NASA build spacecraft to go to freaking Mars right now. So yeah, I'm, just, I'm just, we're just golf of,
1: clubs. Not that crazy, <laughs>
0: yeah, but, but like who, you know, I just asked people, Hey, do you want to do this? And they're like, yeah. And some of the people that I've been able to get on here, I'm just shocked, man. Like having TA on here, never in my wildest dreams did I think I was going to be able to have an NFL, a current NFL linebacker on my show. You know what I mean? Like having you guys on here, having like an awesome business, you guys make an insane product. I can't wait to start using it. I can't wait to do the giveaway that we're doing for my TikTok page. I can't wait to see how excited that person is when they finally get their custom made putter. However they want it done. Like, I mean, it's just a cool deal, dude.
1: Yeah. That's the, like the excitement aspect, right? Like when you buy new clubs and want to get it out and, you know, go play and keep it exciting is like what Scott and I, you know, live for is like you, you giving us that answer is like the affirmation for like us as business owners to be like, keep going. You know what I mean? That like people enjoy our product, people like our product. Like we get messages all the time. Like, you know, not even like to stroke our own ego, but people are like, Oh, I, you know, this guy that's on the corn fairy tour, he's like, Oh, I just retired my Scotty Cameron because uh, you know, I bought and played your putter and it's been amazing. Right. So like, stuff like that to us is like, you know, billion dollar industry. And here we are like the little guy, you know what I mean? That's kind of just uh, chugging along and, and doing our thing. So it's, uh, it's been a fun, fun little, you know, ride the last couple of months. So.
0: Well, I mean that putting contest that Caitlin and I won during the mixer, we were, <laughs> we were using your guys's putter. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's it. Well, yeah. So in the beginning, everybody's like, Oh, nobody has putters. There's, you know, random stuff everywhere. And I was like, well, it's our, our contest. you might as well let people use our thing to see what they're going to win. Like that only makes sense. So, um, but no, I mean, it's a good, uh, you know, we have a handful of different designs that we can do. We, you know, like we have the blade on the website, right? Like that's our, our one. So if you don't, if you use like a mallet or something, you know, just message us or email us on the website, you can do like a contact us on the site and they'll send us like a chat message and, uh, just be like, Hey, I want to get a mallet. Right. And we'll, Cause then it won't be custom. It'll be like our stock style, but we'll make it in like the two to three week timeframe and send it out to you for the same price or whatever. But you know, it's being able to do that for people and kind of personalize like your bag to how you want it is, you know, something that, that we, you know, Scott and I and Ty and John and Alec, like that's what we love doing and seeing and getting that reaction. So it's kind of the big, a big thing for us. So.
0: Well, that's awesome, man. I couldn't be more happy for you guys. I couldn't be more excited for you guys. I am dying to find out what next year, like what next year brings for you guys. And uh, y'all better be out in Orlando because that'll be there. That'll be three tournaments in a row that we've been able to hang out. But you know what what sucks about that, though? We've been at two golf tournaments at the same time together, and neither one did we get to play together.
1: Yeah, I know. We need to just put a foursome
0: together. In Orlando, yeah, in Orlando no matter what, one of those days we're teaming up. Yeah, that's good. I say we that's do good. it on the scramble day.
1: Yeah. Yeah, bring if you bring t- one other person and then Scott and I will play our two and then we'll just put it that'll be our foursome or whatever for the for the event if you want to do it that way. Yeah, I'm cool with that. Maybe Alec will come out. Yeah, so he depends uh, on what's going on with his schedule. Yeah. Yeah. He, well, him and his wife just had a baby, so congrats to them. But oh, yeah. um, he's, uh, you yeah, they already have one son, but new dad life, you know, uh, he's a little tied up with that, but um, yeah, I mean, he's obviously still an, an active NFL player. So it's going to be kind of hard to get him out in the middle of November when the playoffs are happening and, you know, people are doing playoff runs, but yeah, I mean, October. if he's, is it October? I thought it was November. Yeah, my bad. Well, my um, my
0: events in October. The the Southern yeah, Invitational one in Orlando is in November. That's November tenth to the thirteenth. But I've oh, got a golf on, tournament yeah. going on in October, so that's what I thought. Okay,
1: so I wasn't wrong. So yeah, October. Trying to get him out in in October is going to be uh, probably a little bit <laughs> bit of a stretch. Um, but yeah, I mean he's like if anybody met him at the uh, TikTok event, he came. He drove all the way from Georgia to come to. Tennessee to hang out with everybody, and it was funny because like some of the people were talking to him, and they're like, "Oh, you you own part of Freedom Golf?" And he's like, yeah, "Yeah, yeah." And they're like, "Oh, cool! Like, you know, like you're a really big dude. Like, what do you do?" And he's like, oh, "I play in the NFL." And they're like, "Oh man!" And then they'd come find me or Scott, and they're like, "Why do you tell us he's an NFL player? Like, I'm just here like bullshitting with him, and <laughs> I didn't even know like who he was." I and Junkie, I was like,
2: "Junky had like a 10-15 minute conversation with him, Junky Dog, and he <laughs> didn't even realize." And then he's like, wait, which for that man, you know, he doesn't really look up to anybody. That dude's tall. Yeah. So he's in there talking to him and he's like, you know, you kind of look familiar to me. Like, why do I know you? He's like, oh, I'm a, you know, X, Y, Z, you know, out of Georgia and gives a spiel. And he's like, I have your rookie card on my wallet. Huh? <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's funny because like, you know, he's so humble, so laid back. He's like, the nicest dude and then you know he comes out in the tournaments so we were like who is that big ass dude on your team we're like well, yeah he's, he's one of our owners <laughs> you yeah, know but no it's it's, a, it's, cool. it's cool
0: that's that's how tyrell adams was too man when i had him on the podcast we asked him we're like hey dude like what's it like being an nfl player and he goes bro i'm just a normal guy like anybody else he's like i sit at home and i watch my tv shows just like you guys do you know what i mean he's like i got all up on ozark for a while it was awesome it's like the ending was killer. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he's like, we're all just all those guys in the league. He's like, we're just normal people. We we play sports yeah. at a really high level and we're super competitive and we're athletic. He goes, but we're just normal people. And I, I was fortunate enough. I got to talk to Alec for a couple minutes when we were doing the mixer. hundred percent, dude. He's just super down to earth, incredibly humble. He's funny, um, super open. Like anybody can go and talk to that guy. He doesn't think. He doesn't present himself in a way that he's too good for anybody. He's just a good, down-to-earth dude, man. Yeah,
1: he. As soon as we met him at the at TA's event, and they paired us with him, we were like, "Oh, like this guy is like the same vibe as us." You know what I mean? Like we're not like the stuffy country club golf company. You know, you got to wear white pants and can't run on the grass and got to wear college shirts. Like we're way too laid back for that. Then Alec came along and was playing with us, and he's like, "Oh, I bought this." stuff at walmart yesterday and like i bought these (laughs) clubs used and like you know he's just like you know he bought like a set of a used set of mizunos off the internet and then like (laughs) he bought like a bunch of kirkland balls and gloves and stuff at costco on the way in so like it was just like cool because we're like all right like this guy he's just he's one of us you know what i mean and and that's like what we want to portray as a company too like never be afraid to like reach out to us because chances are we're gonna answer and we're way too laid back to be like oh well we can't send you our product because you don't wear college shirts when you go play golf. Like now, like weird, like that's, that's the vibe we wanted. And Alec was perfect in that scenario. And, uh, it's been, been pretty fun. And like for our events and stuff that we do with the NFL players, like we try and, um, like, for example, the one we did in Dallas with uh Khalil McKenzie who plays for the Ravens, he, uh, he wanted to host a tournament for his, uh, offensive lineman camp that he does in uh at the star in frisco where he trains in the off season uh, which is like the cowboys facility um we paired every foursome up with an nfl player right so you get the same vibe that was at the ta event where you know you get to play golf with somebody you might not necessarily ever get to meet or hang out with but then you realize like oh like these these dudes are just as cool and laid back as as we are if not even more you know what yeah. I mean? like Alec brought out like a pack of cigars and he's like, Oh yeah, y'all want cigars. And you know, he, we had, uh, a whole jug of vodka, uh, Scott and Ty and I, we had a, a big two liter or two gallon or a gallon jug of like milk that we like dumped out, wash it out. And then we <laughs> filled it with vodka. We dumped the whole bottle of vodka and then lemonade in it and shook it up. We were drinking it around the course and Alec was hanging out and drinking with us on the course. And it just, you know, it was a whole, a whole thing. So, um, You know, and I think that's the cool thing about the TikTok thing is too, is like, everybody's so laid back, right with the, you know, golf of old is not what it's going into now. And that's kind of what we want to be a part of is like this new age of like, you know, you could still do your networking and business and stuff. But you can do it in a more laid back, hang out, you know, smoke cigars and drink manner. Yeah, you know, with with the whole thing. So
0: that was the other thing that I really enjoyed about the the golf talk Southern invitational was the everybody that was there. I think one of you guys said it earlier. I think Scott, you mentioned it just all like-minded people. Everybody that's there is used to filming and making golf content for social media, right? On a normal day at a golf course, you're trying to film golf uh, content of yourself and you're, you got to worry about all these other groups that are around you. Are you holding up the course? Are you not holding up the course? Is your pace of play fast enough? All that kind of nonsense. But for us, we had three days where we literally just got to chill and like everybody was trying to film content. So like, if I'm trying to record myself making a putt, nobody gives a shit because the other 53 people that are on the course right now at the same time are all doing the exact same thing. So it's such a cool environment for you to be able to do all the things you want to get. And I guarantee you those three rounds of golf, there are people that have enough video content on their cell phones right now or their cameras to last them for the rest of this fucking year that they could put out content, dude. Like
2: that's 100%. the, that,
0: that's the other thing that's super cool about that is just being able to just be relaxed and like do that stuff. And then it's, it's even better content because you're in a better headspace. You got all these other people around you. They're trying to jump in on these videos with you. They're helping hold the camera or they're getting different angles for you, all this stuff. So.
1: 100% agree, man. 100%. Yeah. That circle there, that photo circle app or whatever. I was going through it last night and I was like, man, there's like 11 pages of just videos and pictures. And that's probably only like half the stuff that made it up, right? Yeah. Like on the actual thing. And yeah, I was going through it because uh, Caitlin sent me a message on Instagram. I was like, hey, like I'm going to do some filming tomorrow with your putter and stuff. But I posted a bunch of stuff on the photo circle app from the event. And uh, so I was just going through that and I was like, man, like it was a great, like in terms of like a business, right? For us, it was like great for content right for you know branding and stuff like that but then you know scott probably has videos to last him on tiktok for the next like i don't know probably till mid next year if he really wanted to stretch it out but it's you know it was a good time so i'm glad we could be a part of it and looking forward to the november one and um seeing what uh in the next couple weeks what comes of that but yeah i mean we'll we'll be there repping our stuff and probably giving people more free stuff (laughs) as Whatever we come up with, but um,
0: well, I know. Yeah, we're already
1: we're we're already in talks with them about doing some stuff. So stay uh, stay tuned for that.
0: I know that you guys aren't going to be able to make it to the the golf event that I've got going on this year at Top Golf, but I am going to have a golf tournament next year at a golf course here in Nashville. Um, I would absolutely love to have you guys come out, sponsor it, yeah. don't sponsor it, I don't care, but just would love to have you guys at least be a part of it.
1: Yeah, we'll be there. That's what I said. Like we have uh, that week, we have two events going on already and we got to be at one and then we leave that one and have our travel dates are literally like the day that your tournament is to get to the next one on uh, the weekend, which we're doing for uh, toys for tots, which is uh, nice. pretty, pretty close for me because toys for tots and the Marine Corps is, goes hand in hand. So, um, but yeah, next year, whenever you plan it, let us know and we'll put it on the books uh, hopefully earlier rather than later. Cause Scott can tell you when, when we started, we're like, Oh, we're doing events now. Great. And I was like, (laughs) we sat down and I was like, okay, realistically, like what, how many events do you think we could do per year? And Scott was like, uh, you know, probably like, I don't know, like six to 10. And I was like, cool. I was like, let's plan to do six events for 2023, like one every other month. Yeah. And he was like, okay, perfect. So We started doing this whole thing and we're like, I put in our group chat with like all of our, you know, all of our team. And I was like, Hey, so like, I just booked us like 13 events from now, which was like, which was like June or April from like April until like February. And I was like, so I have like two a month from now until February. And we ended up doing like, we're going to have like 15 by February, 15 or 16 by February. And I was like, so what do you think we could do in 2023? And Scott's like, I mean, <laughs> shit, we could do probably one a weekend now if we really want to. So <laughs> it just turned into like this this crazy thing. And even post-golf, like, you know, we're doing, uh, and if there's any other businesses listening that want to partake in it or join up or whatever, um, past the networking thing, which kind of bleeds into it is uh, we're going to be doing a like business focused, uh, like, networking and investing uh, event in um, March of 2023 uh, where I am, I got us a house in Dallas. It's like a 20,000 square foot mansion. Uh, There's like 12 bedrooms or something ridiculous. Um, And we're going to have like 40 to 50 NFL players come out. Uh, We already have like 20 or 30 of them booked. And then we're going to have 15 to 20 different businesses with, one to two people from each business come out and then the players collectively are going to pick a charity that they want to donate to. But then each business is going to buy in to like basically pay to be there to network with these guys. But like from a business standpoint, like where can you pay like five to $10,000 and get in front of 50 guys that have liquid assets to be able to invest that want to invest because the the only players we're inviting are people that want to invest in different industries yeah so you know like you right like you're like hey i want to take my podcast global right and i want to travel and i want to be on the joe rogan show but how do i financially make that happen right like you can come and network with these guys and uh you know do this event because when we got with alec it turned into like oh other players being like how do i get involved in this or how do we get involved in this and other companies being like how the heck did you get alec to be on your team like super random you know <laughs> and so we were just like well why don't we just mash the two up and, and make it happen. So that's you know, awesome. Bigger than golf, but you know, trying to help other people grow their stuff. So um yeah, I mean we're we got everything everything on the books. So let us know when the event is and we'll be there. But yeah, we're we're like we went from a modest six to like two weeks later I called him and I was like, Yeah, we got like 13 booked. And he was like, what the fuck? So <laughs> it was uh it was a wild, a wild month when I started booking all this stuff. So
2: so now live towards helping yeah. create all the media hype that you could possibly think of. Between that and Patrick Reed, now stealing, trying to sue
0: the PJ Tour for like seven hundred million dollars.
2: Yeah, seven hundred fifty mean, the announcer it's that slandered him. You know, yeah.
0: uh, you yeah. know, it's never gonna. He's never gonna get see that amount of money. But you can't go like you can't start at twenty million and then end up oh, with three million, yeah. right? So you got to start with some ridiculous number so that you can end at a higher number.
2: Yeah. yeah, all negotiations at that point, you know, but it's a nice shock factor and gets the headline. Yeah. and That's all this is right now. Like everything with golf is front page news. Yeah. Sports. I mean, the Yankees could have just walked it off again, but it, you're going to be seeing Cameron Smith's face on that front of that page right now because they they can't not talk about this or the fact that, you know, Pat Perez has made more money off of DJ's putter than, you know, his own putter and all yep. the different stuff you're seeing out there. Like it's literally just flooded. Well, Tiger like Woods,
0: Tiger Woods just flew into the BMW championship this weekend to go have a meeting with a bunch of PGA pros, like
2: yeah, dude, like, to figure out where gonna,
0: the, where the direction of the PGA tour is going to go from this point forward. And then you see it, spinning,
2: yeah, spinning, man. And the PGA did themselves in, I mean, they're behind the eight ball at this point in my, in this yeah. worst race lives got them by the pants right now
0: the worst thing that the pga did in this entire thing was just not even sitting down at the table and and talking to him you you don't you don't have to agree to do anything with anybody ever right but like just listen to them and like hear them out and if nothing else like it gives you a better understanding of what direction that they're going so that you have a better chance of trying to combat against it without trying to be like the neighborhood bully throwing a pitch fit over here. You know what I mean? They
2: were too big to be bothered is honestly how I looked at it. They just thought they were too big to break. And
1: back when we were kids, we had like the WWF and the WCW. And now we have like, we've all grown up and now we have the PGA tour and live golf that are like, you know lives like you know all black like the nwo when hulk hogan came out like the the bad guys that were all like secretly like oh those guys are pretty cool you know (laughs) but um greg norman's like greg
0: norman's like the vince mcmahon over here and
1: yeah 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 it is it it's and it's like for me personally like i believe like this has done nothing but actually grow the game of golf like Liv has been because golfers have never had a guaranteed paycheck right they're just 1099 guys that are Contractors essentially, and Live was like every other athlete in every sport: basketball, football, tennis. Like all these guys have like guaranteed contracts and all that stuff. Now, granted, they do have like you know sponsorships and like, but you're not even guaranteed that you know when you're a golfer. So, right. Live was like, "Oh, we'll give you a guaranteed check, and you can still compete for other money." Like as a professional athlete, it's a no-brainer. You have to play less golf, more time with your family, your travel is paid for, and you're gonna get a guaranteed. 40 to $200 million, like, why would you not take that? You're know, yeah. like Pat Perez shot. What do you shoot like an 85 or something? And he yeah. won $4 million. Like, you know, I could do that. You know what I mean? But like, I think it's, people are like, oh, wow. Like, you know, now granted I can't go and join live because I don't have the name behind it, but you know, people are like, oh, wow. Like golf is a sustainable sport. You know, that 15 year old on the first ever event, he was like 15 or 16 or something. Is amateur, so he couldn't take money. But if he took the money, yeah, all of a sudden he wasn't allowed to play in college. And he's like, "It's one point two million dollars. Like, why would I not take it?" And he made that, you know, yeah, in in one go round. So I think, yeah. it's, I think personally, it's great for the game. I think PGA is being a little petty, but well, then you, you know. look at
0: like Pat Perez, dude. They they only gave him ten million to come over to Liz to come over to live. Yeah. But for Pat Perez, he's like, do you understand how many weeks a year I have to play golf just to try to get, like, a tenth of that? He's like, I'm playing 33 events a year right now, and I'm not making $10 million. He goes, now I can go play seven events. They're going to give me 10 mil, and then anything I win during those events is on top of that. Like, he goes, I'm I'm old. I'm not going to lie. He's like, I'm at the end of my career. Like, my shit is winding down. I don't have the energy for that anymore. He's like, hell yeah, give me the money. Let me just go chill. (laughs)
1: <laughs> the first he won, event. he won like 4 million off the first event.
0: Well, the first event he won like $900,000 on the first event, but he shot
1: like 8 over par.
0: And so it's like yeah.
1: everyone's but like, it, "Oh they, my god." Like, his his team won the team event though, I think. Cuz yeah, he so, was on DJ's team.
0: Yeah, but he but he personally only took away 900,000. So he took 900,000 away from he got like a small chunk of that was from his own personal performance in the event. But then the larger portion of that was because he was on DJ's team. DJ's yeah. team won like $4 million um, yeah, yeah, or exactly. however many millions of dollars it was. But then they had to split that up between the four golfers. And then the individual yeah. winner of each one of these events is winning $4 million per event. And yeah. then there's rumors right now that Adidas is going to offer Live $1 billion to be the primary <laughs> clothing sponsor for DJ's whole team of four guys. So that's like 250 mil per player.
1: That's insane. Like, And And then
0: AT&T is going to be trying to buy a team also. And the whole reason that they're doing it that way is because the way that live golf is structured right now, like DJ's team is the four aces, right? Think about the four aces as the LA Lakers. It's like buying a sports franchise, but within the realm of golf. So you're telling me that like Adidas can go buy a sports team for a billion dollars and then... The rest of the time that live golf is going on, they have all of the fucking rights to that to that team name. Everything that they sell, all the merchandise that they sell, all the shirts and all the golf balls and all the gloves and the hats and the everything. They get to rake in all that cash off of
2: that, bro. Like hey, anybody at yeah. Live watching this will we'll be more than happy to make a freedom golf team <laughs> over there <laughs> in the live car. Like, let's do that. Yeah. I don't know if we have that in the budget, Scott.
0: Putters, putters all good. around. <laughs>
1: well we we talked to a couple of the guys uh we won't say names but we actually reached out to some of the players and the agents and they're like yeah like what do you want to do with us and uh we're like oh we'll just give you free stuff right and they're like basically their response to us was like whenever we get dropped from our sponsorships which is inevitable at this point like we'll let you know but like currently we can't like two of the guys are with callaway and they're like eventually we're probably going to get dropped for being here. And this was like when live first happened and yeah. they're like, whenever we get dropped, we'll hit you up when we need clubs and, you know, let you know. So the guys are just like, whatever we got guaranteed money based. Cause like there's no cut. So you're literally cut. guaranteed money, you know, wherever you place. And they're like, yeah. So whenever, you know, this falls through, cause like all these companies were like, Oh, we're dropping Phil and we're dropping BJ and we're, you know, whatever. But yeah, it was actually pretty funny that the dudes were already aware of what was happening and they just still didn't give a shit. But
0: Yeah, why would you, man? Like, Especially when you're Phil yeah. Mickelson taking $200 million as a guarantee. I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't fucking care about anything else.
2: Well, the other side of it that we haven't even touched on is now they're not restricted on their content. So these guys can open up their YouTube yeah. channels and everything. You tell me, Phil Mickelson, if he did a live stream every Saturday morning at 8 a.m., doing short game lessons and web shots. And I would venture a guess. He's probably going to get at least close to a million people, if not more tuning in to listen to it. If not going back and then rewatching the live, he probably get closer to 10, 20 million views. I
0: think that's the yeah. biggest reason that Bryson DeChambeau went over there because he knew that going yeah. went into it and DeChambeau was already, cre- he had already created a YouTube channel and he was already like. He was already getting to to go. into hot
2: water with the PGA. Right, and because he, he was putting promise. too much con out.
0: And, and honestly, the content that he was putting out wasn't even like yeah, that it was crazy,
2: like, crazy, right? Like, stuff. But that's sin. the thing.
0: That goes back to what Phil Mickelson was talking about. Like, the PGA Tour literally owns all the media rights for those players from Thursday through Sunday. You got to go through the PGA Tour if you want to post an Instagram photo, they have to approve it. And, and that's, that's why, that's why, like, the guys at Barstool, like, Foreplay Podcast with Barstool Sports, that, that's why you don't see those guys at PGA Tour events every single weekend. Because the PGA Tour won't let them into a lot of those events. Like, they're lucky when they get into a PGA Tour sanctioned event.
1: Yeah. To, like, to ha- to be a professional athlete and not be in control of... Your likeness? 2022. Yeah. Your image, your name, your likeness, like all the NIL shit that these college kids are even allowed to do. Like, yeah. you could be a college golfer and create a YouTube channel and make more money off of social media than a professional golfer on the PGA Tour. And, and it's just like, it, it's mind blowing because YouTube, I mean, the ad revenue, the whole thing is insane now. And, you know, people literally do it for full-time job is make millions of dollars doing it. And like Bryson, like you said, now he, like, if you look at his channel in the last, like two months, I mean, he's been posting like daily videos and like vlogs and like the whole thing just because he's allowed to now. Yep. And yeah, money coming in and the whole thing, you know, it's like, why you'd be stupid not to. And even like yeah. the companies were like, you know, all these companies like on their, you know, moral high ground, they're like, Oh, well, where's the money coming from? And blah, blah, blah. blah. And then now like Cobra with Bryson is like, Oh man, this dude's putting out (laughs) all this extra content and getting half a million, you know, viewers per video he puts up like, Oh, maybe we'll stick around, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: And then, and, and what's, what's really funny about that part of it too, is that 22 companies that are partnered with the PGA tour do 40 billion dollars worth of business with saudi arabia
1: mm-hmm.
0: so the yeah. PJ tour is over here talking about like putting all this bullshit out there and the media is putting all this bullshit out there about where the money's coming from for the live tour and it's like okay but 40 billion dollars of revenue that's coming into the PJ tour with companies like that's all coming from Saudi Arabia. The president of the United States is getting on a plane to fly to F Af- to Saudi Arabia, to negotiate fuel prices because we buy so much goddamn gas from these guys. Like, you know what I mean? There's <clears throat> everybody with a smartphone. Like nobody thinks about it because you don't really, you don't care about it. Right. But like,
1: like if you play, if you play call of duty, right. Activision. Yeah. Saudi backed money. If you've, oh, ever yeah. taken an Uber, if you've ever taken an Uber, Uber is Saudi backed money. Yeah. Your smartphones is, Chinese and Saudi backed money. So like every single person that's disliking the live tour on their smartphone is just a hypocritical idiot. First of all. Yeah. And then I know 90% of the population right now, probably that's between the age of 18 and probably 50 that plays golf has been in an Uber or has played call of duty or does all three of those things has a smartphone played call of duty and been in an Uber. And those are just three companies, right. That all have Saudi backed money. So Disney.
0: Disney has like $500 million of Saudi money. Like Saudi bought five, almost $500 million worth of Disney stock. Like let's, let's all get off our high horses and like, stop worrying about nonsense. Mm. Dude, I've posted some shit on my TikTok page and people are like, Oh, like, what do you think Khashoggi thinks about this whole thing? Or, Oh, that's right. He can't talk about it because he got beheaded. And I'm like, bro, I'm not trying to say that anything that happened over there was good.
1: But I'm just trying to say, like, if you these think
0: are, these are golfers playing golf and they're just getting paid yeah, to, like, play they're golf. They're not like beheading
1: people on the fucking golf course. Like, right. They're just, and they're half the, t- half the events are in the United States. So. Dudes. And on top of that, like,
0: everyone's like, well, it's just sport washing. It's sport washing. And I go, hey, dude, just because Phil Mickelson is hitting a golf ball for Greg Norman and taking money from Saudi Arabia doesn't make me want to go live in Saudi Arabia
1: and i guarantee you every single one of those people cuz we posted a video too and we got so many negative comments about it when live like first started the video had like a million views and it was just literally just people bashing us in the comments it was great but like <laughs> i wanted to i i put like one comment out and i was like if saudi offered you half the money that any of these dudes got 5 million dollars 100 million dollars to what 200 million dollars if they offered you a 50% of any of those contracts You would be there in a heartbeat, in a heart. And I don't want to hear any differently. If Uh, someone offered you $200 million, I wouldn't question where the fucking money was coming from at all. Exactly.
0: Because think about the best analogy for this whole thing is how much money does your average broke American spend on Powerball tickets when the Powerball jackpot is $100 million or $300 million or $700 million? And they're in there like dropping thousands of dollars on some freaking lottery tickets just trying to hope that they win that shit. Okay, so yeah. if you're willing to spend 20 bucks on lottery tickets to have a chance to win some money, you're telling me that if somebody just offered you the money without you having to pay your own money to get it, and all you had to do is just keep doing the same shit that you're doing every day right now anyway, that you just be like, nah, man, I can't take it because of where it's coming from. Like, yeah, me. no
1: way. Nonsense, like. If if Scott selling insurance right was like doing his normal thing and his company got bought out by a Saudi company and they're like, hey, we're gonna give you ten x your salary just to stay here and keep doing what you're doing, it's gonna be owned by a different company. I promise you, Scott's not like Bob. Nope, can't do it. I'm getting up and leaving. Like that's stupid. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, absolutely stupid. And like, I, I'm gonna get, put it I out there.
0: I'm going to put it out there real quick. Anybody from live golf that hears this episode Tee at high podcast, you give me $200,000 a year and I'll fucking, I'll go to every one of your damn events. I'll cover every fucking player you want me to cover. You can sponsor the shit out of this podcast. Just give me 200 K a year. I'll be good.
1: 100% we're right there with you. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's like, it, it's just, I think it's, it's honestly like everybody in the world, every government in the world, hands are dirty right like germany wasn't too great a couple years ago you know what i mean And we're like best friends with them now japan wasn't too great a couple years ago we're best friends with them now like look at ourselves like don't throw stones when you live in a glass house america you know like we're not so great ourselves you know when it comes to like you know our history of our government's doings and stuff like that but like there's bad people all over the place so to to sit here and say well this person's money is coming from like blood on their hands. It's like, well, you might want to go double check your employer and see where your paychecks coming from. Cause they probably have skeletons in their closet too. Exactly. So if, you, know. if
0: you work for a fortune 500 company in the United States right now, I yeah. promise you there's blood on that money. You just don't they know about it. Cause they're Saudi not telling you. about it. Money. Yeah. Some yeah. of it is for sure. <laughs>
1: probably, yeah. They probably yeah. saw the fortune 500 company. I'd almost be willing to bet that there's Saudi backed money involved in it. But you know, it's just, it's, it's just, I don't get where people come off on like their, you know, their moral high horse and this whole thing is like just shut up and let them play golf, honestly. But it's just because people <laughs> don't
0: they don't actually think about it and they don't actually look yeah. into things. They just see a headline and they grab onto it and they're like, Yep, yeah, I'm gonna die on
2: that sword. Then people don't <laughs> want to change. There's the one yeah. thing that scares everybody more than anything, you know, water and all the stuff that we were talking about earlier Nick. There's one thing that I can universally say that everybody across the world hates. Equally, it's changed. Nobody likes Mm -hmm. when something gets changed or when the boat gets rocked. But the problem is there's too many guys like the three of us who I find nothing better and I find no more pleasure and joy than rocking the boat. Like ever since I was a kid, like that was literally my nature was to rock the boat just to see how much I could rock it till I took on water. And then, okay, don't do that again. Or don't take it to that level again. You know? So I think all in all, it's kind of, you know what people don't like to see they're like oh well, my favorite player is now over on live like how do i watch them i can't watch it on tv on my couch eating potato chips You oh sorry you have to watch it on youtube you probably have a smart tv just two three more extra button clicks and guess what you're there uh, oh and
0: by the way you get to watch your golfer with zero commercials too you never have to worry about watching a damn commercial
2: and now you get David Faraday twenty four seven on it too, like, which I was real comments- disappointed
0: with his his first go around. I was so disappointed, man, because his stand up comedy, comedy routines his stand up comedy routines are like uncensored, and he just goes off the wall. But he had just transferred from like major broadcast network reporting to like live golf and being on YouTube. And I remember they had Brooks Kepka hit like a bad shot. He's like, "Oh man, fucking shit." And David Faraday's gonna be like, well, I mean, that's what happens when you got live TV. And it's like, no, no, you dumbass. Like, you're on YouTube, Faraday. You should be like, yeah, go fucking Brooks. Like, tell that golf ball to go fuck itself. Like, that's what, that's what I want Faraday to be saying. Not like, oh, well, I think that's what there. happens on live
2: TV. I think the, people uh, want to like-
1: see that, though. People want to see that. I don't watch NASCAR because I watch Make the Left Turns. I watch it for the fucking crash. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm there to watch Brooks hit it out of bounds seven times, like 10 cup. I'm there to like, you know, watch like the inevitable awesome. downfall of something. Yeah. Like I'm there to watch Pat Perez shoot at 87. Like I'm a hundred percent all about it. I love it. So like it's, it and makes it real. You know what I mean? Like it, it normalizes these athletes, right? Like same thing sure. we talked about the NFL players. It's like, Oh, Brooks is like, I don't use range cards. I just fucking walk up to the ball and hit it. And he, you know, you hear him on the thing and he's like, Oh shit or fuck, you know, whatever. You're like, Oh, I do that on the golf course. Yeah. You know, like,
0: well, and the thing that people don't the thing that other, all these people that are bitching about like this whole live PGA thing, and they're all on their high horse about how the PGA tour is the best players in the world. Don't get me wrong. I'm very down to earth and pragmatic about this, right? There's 7 billion people on the planet. And we're talking about like 300 people in the game of golf that are really good at it. Right. Like, To me, if you're ranked number 296 in the world at something, I think you're elite. Like you're one of the best in the world because 300 people out of 7 billion, that's a tiny percentage. You know what I'm saying? But what the PGA Tour doesn't show you is they're only showing you 10 guys playing golf on a Sunday. They're not showing you the guy on Sunday that's 12 over on his round. But it's happening every effing day. And I see so many people right now with this live golf thing in comment sections left and right. And they're like, you don't see people shooting eight over par on a round on the PGA Tour. And I go, yeah, that's because they don't put it on TV for you to see it. I go, but I promise you, when there's 75 guys playing on the cut and the winner is at eight under par, just go take a look at the rest of the leaderboard one day, and you'll see all the guys that shot seven over that round and six over that round, and they're finishing a golf tournament at 17 over par for four days' worth of golf. And then come back and tell me that the guys on Live Golf are so much more terrible than the guys on the PGA Tour. Like, it's not the case.
2: It does not seem. Well, they have,
1: like, they have, what, like 10 of the top 25 guys on the Live Tour now? Uh, they and got, like, like,
0: 10 of the top 50, I think, but I don't know about 10 of the top 50?
1: Okay. But yeah, it's like, I mean, it was funny when DJ was winning or was in contention of one of the major, one of the last majors. they like tried so hard to not have him on TV. Yeah. They're like, he was like in second place and they yeah. didn't show him at all. And, and then you like, got people oh. that are like,
0: DJ's a has-been, he's not even that good at golf. And I'm like, this man in the history of the PGA tour, this is the only dude that has won a golf tournament every single year on the PGA tour from his rookie season for 12 straight years. Tiger Woods couldn't even do that. Dustin Johnson, the only player to go from his very first year on tour to win a PGA tour event every single year for 12 or 13 or 14 straight years. No one else in the history of the game has done that. And then you got people over here talking about how much he sucks because he's playing on live. And I'm like, You're fucking retarded, man. Like, I apologize to use the retarded word, but, like, that's just stupid.
1: It's the same people who are, like, you know, they see their favorite quarterback on Sunday throw, like, a bad pass. They're like, well, I could have done that. And you're like, all right, go do it. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and then you go and it's like, you know, uh, that Adam Sandler movie uh, when he's in jail and he goes to throw it and just goes straight into the dirt. He's like, that's why. All right, sit down and shut up. Like, you know, it's the same, you know, it's like, oh, okay, well, then you go compete against you know tiger woods and dustin johnson on sunday and see if you could shoot less than seven over because you're probably shooting like 115 with your boys on a friday afternoon so yeah i don't know i just what's up scott
2: i was gonna say even to your point with dj at st andrews for the open you didn't see him him at all but then they wanted to show him on the 18th tee box to where he hit the ground the little worm burner they're like, oh, look at Dustin's, you know, must not be getting must practice in and all that stuff. And yeah. I'm sitting there watching the ball. I'm like, he just drove the green practically. Like, you're sitting here trying to make him look bad in the one or two times you're putting him on TV. But yet it was, he ended in the same area that all the guys were missing with their normal job. I'm like, to me, I think that's strategy. Like, and on top could- of
0: that, he's playing at a golf course where every professional golfer's strategy going into that weekend is to hit the ball as low as you can so it doesn't get eaten up by the wind.
2: Justin, man, it's just comical how they want to spin things in the narrative, but at the end of the day, I think it's great for the game. I'm all here for it. I think it's only, if anything, it's going to put better golfers in play because the PGA is going to have to recycle these guys out. They're going to have to bring up guys from Corn Ferry to replace them and me and Nick were talking about it, you know, what I kind of see happening and what probably is kind of already happening behind the scenes is the PGA is going to be kind of come like the minor leagues. And I kind of hate to say it, but I think the guys are going to go to the PGA tour, prove themselves as a top guy, and then sure. they're going to get guaranteed money offered from live and yep. then they're going to go over to live. Well, that's basically what I think will happen
0: I think the opposite is going to happen. I think what Liv's strategy is, and I believe they've said this, Liv, their strategy is to get the next Tiger Woods at the beginning of his career. So they're trying to get the younger guys that are going to become the absolute best golfer in the world to only be in their league.
2: I can see that, too. But they have the ability to grab those guys right out of college. Yeah. But what I'm saying is if they miss that golden goose – yeah, the, that guy goes to the PGA. You know, think about Jordan Spieth. How quick would a live try to buy Jordan Spieth out after that? You know, two Fine. three run he had where he went. You know, just insane on the putting and yeah. game. You know, right there he probably could have got a two hundred million dollar contract.
0: I think. I mean, shit. That year, I think Under Armour restructured his contract and gave him a hundred million.
2: Yeah. So just think about just the different avenues they can tap into whether they get the guy right out of college or high school and you know offer him the money to play or you know they have to prove themselves for 2 3 years you know like Kepka's little brother yeah. you know he proved enough that he can play but i think it was more the name that made it happen you know but and the got- draw
0: like you get chase you get chase kepka to come over you know brooks is going to want to play with him
2: Well, me and Nick were talking about this. We're like, yeah, you know, Greg did that because he wants Brooks, but probably couldn't get him. Hey, Chase, come on over. You know, we're going to have a great time. You saw the plane that they flew in. Oh, yeah. A freaking party in the air. So it's like, hey, X, Y, and Z, you know, everybody saw the pictures of Phil at the ceremony with DJ and all those guys where he had the black jacket and the slick back hair. I mean, my man looked like he was out of his mind. It's like. You go back to your brother and tell him how fun live is and how much money we'll pay him. See how long he stays over there on tour. And it was what a week, week and a half after the first event ended. Brooks was done. He's like, all right, I'm ready to party, play less, make money, let's do it. Like, yeah. And I think that's how some of these guys are gonna be, you know. And I, if I worked at one company and they paid me, you know, a hundred thousand dollars, and another company doing the exact same job offered me five hundred thousand dollars to do the exact same job, same everything. And I got an extra, you know, two three weeks of paid vacay. Nobody's saying no to that offer. Yeah. No, nah, I'd rather stay here, do the same, and make the same versus more. Like, yeah, it's not happening. yeah. That's essentially the conversation. People just need to suck it up and understand.
0: Well, and then you have, then you have the other guys on the other side of it, like your Tiger Woods and your Justin Thomas. You know, they they look at it a different perspective, right? Like to them, it's more important to try to go after the, the history and the clout of being on the PGA tour. And they care less about the large sums of money that they know they can make by signing a check, right. Or signing a contract. So like
2: I think it's good. Than- old tiger. You're not going anywhere because Jack is handing the PGA over to you. How much do they offer you? All right. Don't tell anybody, but here's a billion. Yeah. That like I'm being <laughs> off. Like, there's they a backdoor like handshake nine, going on there, and they often like sort of agreement because nobody turns down seven hundred and fifty million dollars if there's not some money discussion, backdoor handshake agreement going on. I'm just it is what it is.
0: We'll see. Oh man. Well, guys, I'm super happy that you guys came on. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I'm going to let you guys go. I haven't eaten dinner yet. I'm super hungry. Um, But one more time, everybody can find you. It is freedom underscore 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 golf on Instagram and TikTok. And then your website is freedomgolf.shop. Correct. Yep. And if anybody wants to order a custom-made putter, a stock putter or wedges, they can buy them online on your website, freedomgolf.shop. They can use promo code TIH. 1776 get 10 percent off their order
1: yep for mm-hmm. you can order hundred dollars worth of shit or ten thousand dollars worth of stuff and the promo code will work so
0: yeah let's order ten thousand dollars worth of stuff help these guys out
1: <laughs> appreciate it
0: <laughs> thanks again guys i appreciate you coming on i hope you guys have a good night i'm looking forward to seeing you guys in orlando
1: like no ryan with we'll you see you all right see ya. Yeah.